All right, what up, what up, everybody? What's cracking out there? Go ahead and give some shout-outs real quick. <clears throat> give a shout-out to my man Chris. Sent in a $5 donation. Shout-out to Chris. My man Hanlon, he sent in a $5 donation. Shout-out to you. Um, who else? My man Larry sent in a $10 donation. Says, keep up the good work. Shout out to you. My man White sent in a $5 donation. He says, this is for the white man. Stop holding me back. Shout out to Wyatt. And shout out to my man Caesar D1 sent in a $50. Shout out to Caesar D1 for the 50 bones. This was cracking. And what up, Degenerate? What up, Hanlon? What up, Cut to the Chase? Everybody go sub to Cut Cut to the Chase TV. This young man just hit 10,000 subscribers on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. So y'all go sub to this young brother right here. Out there utilizing YouTube for what it's supposed to be used for. Out there creating his own content, trying to stay in his own lane, mind his own business for the most part. And make content that people gravitate towards. And so far, it has been working. I think he's been YouTubing for about a year and some change now. And he's already cracked 10,000. He is well on his way to 50,000 and beyond. So make sure, make sure y'all go sub to this brother right here. All right? All right, guys. So, you know, this is uh, Open Line Saturday. I don't really have much. I don't, I don't have a real specific topic. Um, hold up. What is this right here? Degenerate says, great last video, G, but I think you were forgetting about something about that young genius. Uh, what was I forgetting? Uh, if you didn't see my last video, so it was a video about um, some 12-year-old boy from Marietta, Georgia. Got accepted to Georgia Tech. Um, he's a part of Menza. Uh, what does Menza stand for? Menza. Let's see. I know Menza is like some high IQ society. I don't know if that's an acronym or just a just a word or just a name. But anyways, this young brother, Caleb Anderson's his name. That Joker man. <laughs> they say that dude started first grade when he was two years old, y'all. And then he already is fluent in three other languages, Spanish, French, and Mandarin. What up, Royce? Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, he's part of Team Dark Skin. That's, that's what. <laughs> there you go. He's part, of, he's part of Team Dark Skin. Look, look, it is what it is. I, I ain't got no, I ain't hating on the brother. Young dude is out there doing his thing. You know what I mean? He comes from a two-parent household. Mother and father are working professionals. Mother got like a master's degree in education. His father does some IT sales. Um, he looked like he came from a, what up, Royce? He looked like he came from a, you know, a background that, you know, their parents actually appear to have actually cared about his, uh, his intellect and his, his educational accomplishments and his overall well-being. What I'm saying is he looked like he came from a, a, a household of two parents that actually gave a damn about him, is what I'm saying. And they recognized his genius early on because, like I say, he got accepted into Menza when he was like two or three years old. So this, this kid is on some Einstein stuff. You know what I'm saying? 
and now he just got accepted to uh, Georgia Tech to go major in aerospace engineering at 12 years old. Like he just graduated high school at 11. So, you know, this, this is the type of people that, you know, we should be exalting and praising, you know, of course, under the uh, belief that he's going to go out there to do great, wonderful things with his life. But unfortunately, unfortunately, what I predict happening with this young man is that he's probably going to end up, uh, you know, becoming uh, somewhat of an outcast in black society, meaning he's not going to be really celebrated because of his intellect. You know, we're going to venture off into the whole educated lane versus Pookie and Ray Ray thing. Lord forbid he uh, develops uh, conservative views then they're going to treat him like uh, Dr. Ben Carson. You know what I'm saying? Like this young man, Caleb Anderson, you know, this, this is, this is somebody that, that needs to be protected at all costs. So he can go out there and live his best life. But depending upon his, his views on society, <laughs> you know, that's going to be one strike against him. Cause he's already, he already has one strike against him from black society being that he's actually, an intelligent young person, an extremely intelligent young person. So, you know, I wish the best for him. I'm pretty sure his mother and father are doing everything in their power to ensure that their son gets the best education and access to the greatest opportunities that, you know, they can afford or, you know, whatever comes his way. And I hope, I hope everything works out. You know what I'm saying? I really do hope he, you know, grows up, becomes a highly productive because matter of fact this is this this kid is probably the making of a of a high value man right there <laughs> and he doesn't even realize it. he probably ain't even watching these youtube videos and everybody who talks about high value men talking about him he's only 12 years old you know what i'm saying so you know <laughs> this was this what this is what we got going on my thing is i would love to see more of this take place in the community instead of embracing the ratchetness and, and granted, look, I understand this kid is a special case. He's a, he's a genius, like a certified genius. Shout out to black manosphere. Inc. he says, finally caught your live stream. Love your tech channel. Uh, appreciate that. If you had, if you guys haven't subscribed to my tech channel, go to tech G. Let me put it in the, put the link in the description in case you guys want to go support all the wonderful things going on over there. The channel is growing. We are at 1,100 subscribers over there. I appreciate everybody who has, you know, shown support for that channel. Over there, edumacating people, helping people pass entry-level IT certifications. You know, I'm doing my part to, uh, you know, to give back to the community. Now, granted. I don't promote it as a community endeavor because, you know, anybody's welcome. I got everybody from young white people, Hispanics. I've had Russian people hit me up. I got people in Africa hitting me up, taking my stuff, or they're actually paying me for the additional services that come along with the videos. Um, you know, I'm helping, I'm helping people get certified. You know and I mean, this, this is just my contribution because this is, you know, this in the military is like all I'm really proficient at for the most part, because that's what I've done my professional adult life <clears throat> or my adult professional life. But um, so I appreciate everybody subbing to the channel.
I predict that Tech G channel will uh, far surpass this channel. I highly predict that's going to happen. And I want to say it's probably going to happen within the next year. It's probably going to pass this channel because of the way it's growing right now. So, you know, and that's a good thing. You know, we're monetized over there. So I'm, so I'm getting a couple coins thrown into the bucket. I mean, it's all PG content, all evergreen. Every time I drop a video, I don't have, ever have to ask YouTube to review the video for monetization. They just automatically turn it on. That's a great thing. <laughs> and then here's the thing about monetization, guys, in case you guys don't realize this. Depending upon what type of ads are ran on your videos can dictate, can, can play an intricate part in how much money you make overall. And what I mean is, some videos that have certain types of topics, primarily like this channel, this channel probably gets a bunch of ads that have, um, I can't remember what the actual term is, but it, it, these, these are like low cost ads. And then my other, yeah, the CPM, there it is. My other channel, being that it's an educational channel, all PG, you know, kids can watch it, the whole thing. They probably, they get ads that have a higher value on. So let's just say, let's just say I dropped the video on this channel and I dropped the video on my other channel and it got the exact same amount of views, both fully monetized. There's a way higher chance that I will make way more money off of my Tech G channel than I would off of the video that I dropped on this channel. So, you know, that's something to think about for you guys out there trying to monetize your, con your content. You're trying to make the get the biggest bang for your buck. All ads are not uh, created equally in terms of how much they pay out. So this is just part of the research I've been doing over the past couple months when it, in regards to YouTube and trying to take this thing, you know, somewhat a little serious as, a, you know, maybe a, a slight step beyond just a monetized hobby. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, well, you know, with the Tech G stuff, I've made uh, just within the last... It's within the last 30, 45 days, you know, a combination of ads and stuff I've sold and some other things. I've made roughly about $1,500 off all that stuff, which ain't a lot of money. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a good indicator for me that I should be taking this YouTube thing a little bit more seriously because of the information that I'm out there providing to the peoples. And that's why you kind of see a shift on this current channel with how I'm delivering content. Because if you notice how I do my video, my last couple of videos, well, it's kind of basically how I do a lot of videos on my other channel. And it's been working over there. So I'm like, why not bring it over here? And then I'm trying to clean up the language. Cause you know, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get maximum uh maximum value, baby, out in these streets. And I mean, and plus it's, it's not a bad thing. I'm probably I'm probably gonna even Try to figure out how to change up my thumbnails <laughs> to make them more appealing. But, you know, whatever. One step at a time. But I've been learning all this stuff because I watch a lot of content creators. Um, in particular, there's one content creator. This, this uh, black dude from Atlanta. I think he's like black and Hispanic or something. Roberto something. But anyways, they drop a lot of videos dedicated towards content creators growing their channels and monetizing it. And I've been like following a lot of this stuff. A lot of their recommendations and you know i've been seeing i've been seeing a couple results here and there so i'm not really complaining too too much because like i say i'm trying to you know i think um I'm, I'm slightly above the uh yeah roberto blake i'm slightly above the step of um 
of just treating this as a monetized hobby. Like I've went and got and filed an LLC for, for my tech G stuff. So I got that pop in. I got the business account set up. You know what I'm saying? I was trying to get to, uh, trying to, you know, trying to be like Donald Trump out in these streets, trying to, you know, pay only like 700 bucks a year in taxes. <laughs> so, so, you know, I'm, I'm moving in that direction. You know what I'm saying? So for anybody else out there, black introvert, K coaching, cut to the chase and others, man, you know, these are things y'all might want to consider, you know, or, or not. It's up to y'all. It's y'all channels. Do what y'all do. So that's kind of, you know, what's been cracking out here in these streets. Um, other than that, you know, I've just been trying to play catch up on content. I got other opportunities that have been presented to me that um, that pay, you know, a nice pretty penny that I'm thinking about pursuing like i gotta give you an example there's a a job was recommended to me from a company out of new york it's a stay-at-home job <laughs> you work from home and this job probably pays close to uh probably close to twice my salary you know what i'm saying now the thing about this job is when i read the job description out of all the details that they that they wanted, it's probably only about 25% of the things on this job description that I actually know how to do. <laughs> Meaning it's like 75%. I don't know how to really do any of that stuff. And so normally I wouldn't even consider trying to apply for a job like that unless I knew about a good 50 to 60, maybe 70% of what they wanted on the uh with what they outlined in the job description. But there's one thing about this job right here, which is causing me to submit my application and then i'm almost i'm not going to say i'm almost but i kind of feel like if i apply for this job they might actually hire me and the one thing that they are looking for is that they they want a black person to work in this job they particularly use the term bipoc b-i-p-o-c stands for black indigenous people of color that's like the that's like the new looney tune liberal phrase that they use to describe non-white people it's called bipoc i don't know if you guys have heard this phrase before b-i-p-o-c right so like i said i was reading the job description going through it i actually spoke to the chick who actually posted it and i've come to the conclusion that it doesn't matter what's on that job description they're just looking to fill the role with a non-white person <laughs> like, like that's all they really want they really want a non-white person a black person a bipoc person and then i figure they'll teach me the rest of the crap so i'm thinking about doing that because like i say it'll allow me to work from home and i can just chill up in the crib all day long so you know it, it'll be interesting so i'm thinking about applying for that i got a couple days to make a decision but it's just that it's interesting because the way it was presented to me is that there's there's a friend of the channel. There's, there's a there's a young lady out there who's a mod on this channel called Nini Baby. She pops up in here every now and then, but she's a mod. She got a wrench. Nini Baby 
you know, next to my wife, of course. <laughs> but Nene Baby is like one of the greatest things to have happened to me in a long time in terms of actual valuable information that she puts out. And she's helped me do some things offline. Like we met through YouTube. You know, me and her speak on the phone quite regularly, you know, in a professional friendship manner. We ain't on no sliding each other's DMs type of crap. But she has put me on to so much game lately. Because, you know, now she's kind of dibbling and dabbling in the world of politics herself. And she was explaining to me that, yo, there's like this movement going on with a lot of Looney Tune pasty liberals out here to where they're like throwing money at black people. Well, minorities, but in particular, black people, all because of this so-called white guilt that's just floating around in the ether with these people. And so she, she put me on game to this job. And she was like, yo, I bet you if you apply, you'll probably get the job just off the strength that, you know, you're considered a BIPOC person in in, in um, pasty liberal lingo. So the point I'm getting at is this, man. YouTube is a wonderful tool, right? <clears throat> you can make content, you can put your message out there, you can become famous, you can make money. But more importantly, you can make, you can actually make real genuine connections with people because I've actually sent black introverts contact info to her because, you know, black introvert, he sells ebooks and you go check out some of his ebooks. And Nini was like, yo, what's the name of this dude that be writing them ebooks? I was like, oh, that's black introvert. She was like, send me his contact information. So I sent him his contact. I sent her his contact and she was like, yo, I can probably get a bunch of these pasty liberals to buy these books from him just off of the strength of this white guilt stuff. <laughs> so Hopefully everything works out. Black introvert reached out to her or she contacted him or whatever. But, you know, that, that was just kind of some of the stuff she was telling me. You know what I'm saying? Because she like she's kind of dibbling and dabbling into this political world now. You know what I mean? And so, and like I say, as she's out there dibbling and dabbling, she's like putting me on mad game about stuff. You know, I've heard. You know, but now I'm actually kind of seeing it from a another perspective now and i'm like oh really it really does go down like this because you know in black youtube we all like to talk about the things that we think are taking place within these exclusive circles that we might not be a part of or something like that but it's another thing when you actually are dealing with a black person that is actually operating in these ex these so-called exclusive circles and then this person is running back to tell you what's really popping out there and feeding you information that you can use for your advantage. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, that's why I think we got to, you know, kind of, you know, look at this thing slightly different from how we're utilizing this platform outside of just the realm of just BS. Cause you know, we never know who's watching us. I'm pretty sure it's some celebrities that watch me just like it's probably some celebrities that watch y'all. They'll probably never make themselves known, but you know, who cares? But, the point is, you, you just never know who's watching you who might actually have some type of influence out there to try to put you on game to either help you out or, you know, you can use the information to try to help somebody else out, whatever, whatever. And so Nini is one of those people, man. Nini baby. So whenever she pops in here, if she does, I highly doubt she will tonight. But she normally, she normally pops up and says, what's up? But if y'all see her, you know what I mean? I don't know if she's making content i've been telling her to make a channel for a hot minute i don't think she's doing it but if she does i might want to go sub to her because she is a true jewel out in these streets 
she's been helping me out with a lot of stuff. Like I sent her my resume the other day. I was like, look, I need you because, you know, I'm decent at writing resumes, but I'm decent at writing resumes specifically geared towards the tech world. I sent her my stuff. She she went on and did her jazz to it. You know, next thing you know, she sent it back to me. I was like, damn, I'm really that nigga out in these streets, according to this resume. <laughs> I'm really that dude. You got me looking like I'm really that nigga out here. You know what I'm saying? So, you know. So these are things that's that's cracking out there. I told her she needs to start like her own little business, man. Cause I'm like, yo, B, you got some mad skills over here. You might want to actually start charging niggas. I mean, obviously, you know, you 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 uh you don't charge me anything, but you charge everybody else something. And <laughs> but nah, I don't think she's interested in doing all that, but you know, whatever. So, you know, that's kind of what's been cracking, man. Um, like I said, I'm trying to you know revision the purpose. My purpose here on black in black YouTube with this channel, like like why am I here? Am I here just to you know bump my gums and run my mouth? Of course I am, but I think I can do it in a more meaningful way, where I'm not just hopping up on here live streaming aimlessly. You know, I probably just do these live streams once a week, kind of like how I'm doing now. But I think I want my channel to go in a more advertiser friendly manner. Why? Because you know I want to make more money. I want to grow my channel and eventually I want my con I would like for my content to on this channel to escape the uh the bucket of black YouTube. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what I would like for it to do now. That's not me saying I'm gonna just go up here and just be making content strictly for white folks. Nah, but I'm, I'm what it is saying is YouTube, black YouTube is literally just a tiny drop in a in a giant ocean. Like there's just so much more to YouTube and this little black sector of YouTube where we all come through and share our feels. And I'm not saying that, you know, those of y'all who rep the manosphere or pro black sector. I mean, y'all keep doing y'all thing. But I just think I just think some content creators. I just think you got to think a little bit bigger beyond this, especially if you if you plan on staying on YouTube for a long time and you, you plan on making some serious cheese. Now, if you're already making serious cheese in your little sector, then, you know, keep doing what you do. But, you know, for the rest of us who aren't making, you know, uh, incomes where we can do this as a full time living. And I think some of us probably got to figure out, you know, kind of think about how we can, you know, might want to change up the content to expand it, to, to expand the audience. Because, you know, there's, there's a lot of money floating around out in these YouTube streets, man. I was looking at something the other day. I was like, let me see if I can find this article. Hold on. How many YouTubers have a hundred thousand subscribers? Let me see if I can find that exact article I was looking at. <clears throat> oh, here we go. Uh, let's see. Let me see. Put it up on my other joint. Oh, give me a second. Maybe I can just put it over here. Wait, now I'll put it over here. I was just looking at some stuff the other day. Um, there's my screen share. Here it is. All right. Now, how do I make this, this thing bigger? Oh, there we go. So I was looking at some stuff the other day. I was just going through. I was like, because I was curious. I was like, how many YouTube channels are out there? So 
as of 2019, it says there are 31 million YouTube channels out there. 31 million. That's a lot of channels, B. 500 hours of video are uploaded every single minute. Then it says when we get down to here, it gets this. This is where it says this is kind of where was what's going on in YouTube, right? So you got about 31 million channels that have 10 subscribers. You know, just anywhere between 10 to 99 subscribers. Then you got about 13 million with 100 to 999 subscribers. Then I fall into this category, the Fox category. It's like six million of us with a thousand to 9,999 subs. And then, you know, just on and on and on. But you get to the 100,000 club, it's like 160,000 channels. And then the 1 million club, it's only like 16,000 channels on YouTube with a million plus subs. I mean, 16,000 is still a large number. Don't get it twisted. But, you know, the bulk of us, we're, we're like down here in this category right here. So it's like, how do you, how do you, how does one move up to, to the gorilla status, <laughs> at least the gorilla status, you know what I'm saying? So I was just looking at this. I was just trying to, you know, I was just trying to figure out some things. Um, let's see. Or something else I read on here. So you got nearly half of the 10 million channels come from the US. The second most popular country that produces big time YouTubers is India, where they have more than 60 million channels with 10 million subs. I don't know what's going on out there in India. These are the big dogs of YouTube right here. For the longest, I thought it was PewDiePie, but apparently there's a channel called T-Series. I don't know who they are. I think they're from India, but they're, they're, they're at 122 million subs, man. But there was something else I read on here. Oh, here we go. Let's see. It says, over the, last, over, the last year, over the last year, 2019, the number of creators making either five or six-figure incomes has grown by 40%. 40%. Uh-oh, that was a video. 40% of content creators make I mean, the number has grown 40% since last year of content creators that make five or six figure incomes just off YouTube. Just off YouTube, y'all. There was something else on here that I read. I don't see it. Let's see. Oh yeah. And then we got to this. So you got some German researcher out there said that back in 2016, he said the top 3% of YouTube channels got 90% of the viewership. So he was like, basically 90% of YouTube creators are fighting over 10%. <laughs> you imagine that? That's crazy as hell, right? You got 90% of YouTubers are fighting over 10% viewership which translates into the money that's crazy so anyways I, like i said i was just kind of you know kind of looking around thinking about these things man but i didn't realize that it was so many people making five six figure incomes i mean i knew it was but 
I always thought it was just dudes who had like a half a million to a million plus subs, but apparently there are just so many ways to get it popping on YouTube that um I'm gonna take this off. I'm gonna stop this. Oh, here we go. That um, you know, I didn't I didn't I didn't think about that. So so that's why I'm kind of going through this little transitional phase, like, you know, how do I want this content to be? Because now granted, I'm still of the mindset that this particular channel is only going to get so big. But my other channel, I predict that my other channel will break 10, 20, probably even close to 100,000 subs. I predict it's going to do that. I don't know exactly when, but I predict my other channel will break 100,000 subs. <clears throat> but uh, anyways, I just want to run my mouth about that real quick. I'm going to open up the line in case anybody want to come in here and yap. There is the uh, link to join if you want to come up here and bump your gums about whatever. But um, it says your check your your Tech G channel. Oh yeah, well let me show you something else. So in case you guys want to know, now I don't know how accurate this is. I don't know how accurate this is, but anyways, you go to a site called Social Blade, right? Go to a channel called Social Blade. So this, this is my channel, as y'all can obviously see. Don't let me take. Anyways, like I said, I don't know how accurate these numbers are. I, you know, I really don't know. But they do projected earnings, projected. Uh, yeah, I know this is not right because I made way more money last year. <laughs> than, uh, I, think, I think this number dropped because my channel was demonetized for a month. So whatever. But anyways, they give you, but I know last year I made way more money than this, but um, they give you little, I don't, like I, said, I don't know how they, I don't know how they do this information, but they, they tell you what they think your earnings are going to be based off of whatever algorithms they're putting in place. But there's a section on here called future projections for your channel. Now, like I say, I don't know how this thing calculates this information, but they give you a five-year projection on, on, how, on how well they think your channel is going to grow. So based off of this crap, they say in five years, I'll have 11,000 subs at the rate that I'm currently growing, right? Now, like I said, I don't know how they calculate this information. I highly doubt it's very accurate. But, you know, just like I said, I know the money aspect is inaccurate because I made way more money than this last year. But this channel, I've been losing subs like crazy. <laughs> so maybe that's a factor. But let's head on over to the Tech G channel, right? Let's just head on over to the Tech G channel. And let's see what they let's see what they're talking about out here. So I don't know this, like I look, I just got monetized on here. So this this stuff is nowhere near accurate, right? But let's let's head on over to the future projections. This is what they predict with my channel. They project they pr project they predict in five years I'll 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 be at a hundred thousand plus subs, or within four years, right? This is what they this is what they predict. Like I said, I have no idea how accurate this is, but. 
I know I'm getting closer to this two month prediction to where I think I might actually meet this two month prediction. I might actually meet this, but like I said, I don't know if that's the indicator of the rest of this data, but this is what they say. So that's why I, this, this is why I say that my other channel will far exceed this current channel because there's a lot of things going on in play over there. It's an evergreen content channel. There's no profanity. It's strictly PG. It's stuff that people are always looking for, a.k.a. evergreen. And due to the way that this economy is going with this whole pandemic and people are, are over here rethinking their lives, I've solved the problem for a lot. I'm solving a problem for a lot of people over there. So this is what they this is what they saying. I'm about to be I'm about to be doing out in these streets. We'll see how how well this comes true. But, you know, I'm not I'm not complaining if, if that if this is what they say is going to happen. <laughs> Because if this actually does happen, let's just say, let's just say in four years, I actually crack a hundred thousand or more. And like I say, now getting back to the type of videos I do in conjunction with the type of ads that they run on that channel, the type of ads that they run on that channel, I'm getting more that there are higher value ads. They have a higher CPM rate. So in case you guys missed what I was saying earlier. Let's just say I dropped the video on this channel and I dropped the video on my other channel at the same time. They both got the exact same amount of views and the exact same number of ads. In theory, I will make, probably make probably double the money off of my other channel than I would off of the video on this channel. Because of the type of ads that are going to be associated with that other channel. So what I'm saying is if I get to this point and let's just say my views are pretty consistent, because another thing about YouTube views, the average YouTuber probably gets about in views 10% of the the average YouTuber let's just say you got 10,000 subs right if you got 10,000 subs you're probably average about 10% of your sub count in terms of your view count meaning you'll probably only get about a thousand you'll probably average about a thousand views a video like that's just average across the board no matter how big your channel is obviously there are exceptions to the rule but just go pick any random YouTuber out there. Look at their sub count and look at their video view count. Their video view count is roughly about 10% of their sub count. So if I got that with high ads, I could probably do this full time <laughs> and be like a be like a full time YouTuber. You know what I'm saying? Based off of that type of money. So that's why I'm like seriously rethinking this whole thing, because I'm like, it's, it's a lot of money floating around out in these streets. And I'm trying I'm trying to get as much of it as I can and create some sort of passive income. What up, John? What up? Real deal financial. What's going on, G? Uh, who would have knew that a channel named T-Series would be the YouTube kingpin? <laughs> I don't even know what that channel is about, to be honest with you. I don't know what that is about, neither. Like That shows you how big this platform is, man, where somebody can be that big and be like, the YouTube gorilla, that's what they call it. Yeah. Okay. So that's well, the YouTube dinosaur, according to that article. So T series, I'm looking it up right now. It's it's uh it's a uh, is an is India's largest music label and movie studio. So this is oh. something I guess this is owned by entertainment. It's on some Bollywood stuff. I'm assuming that this is what this is. But okay. if you look at PewDiePie, he's number two. What does PewDiePie do all day? Make makes video game videos and you know, just talk about stupid crap. 
But he has over 100 million subs himself. You know what I mean? And he's just a one-man show for the most part. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get the uh, the interest with him. I like Marquise Brown, uh, Marcus Brownlee, due to the fact that uh, it's neutral. Yeah, it's very neutral. He doesn't, he doesn't reach on uh, very radical issues. He doesn't, he doesn't retain himself to very con. No, he keeps everything neutral because too many dudes. It's con- too controversial to have a hundred thousand subscribers. To be honest. I would hope YouTube sandboxed him because a lot of these dudes be talking about some shit that they don't need no influence. They need to be in their little corner with a crazy thousand subscribers and, and just keep it moving. Well, I mean, we, we could say that, but we don't control that aspect. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But the people decide what they like and what they don't like. So, yeah. And it's kind of how it is. <laughs> and, the, and the people say they like PewDiePie and, and T-Series. You know what I'm saying? But that doesn't mean that you can't get liked because even Marquise Brownlee, he has 12 million subs. That's a lot of people. And you look at his videos, he averages probably about two to three million views a video. Well, that's, see, that, that's amazing work. And, you know, he, he collecting them YouTube dollars plus any type of consultations on the back end as well. So, oh, yeah. Oh, he's paid. I guarantee Marquise Brownlee probably makes six figures a month off YouTube. I guarantee it. Yeah, because that DDD, uh, whatever the hell, DDG type of on YouTube, he said this is, he made six figures in 2017. He said he has a dip now. I don't know if this adpocalypse uh, thing really kicked everybody's ass where – I mean, it probably hurt a couple people, but I think the algorithm has, I think it's getting slightly better. I mean, there's still tweaks that need to be made to it, but, but I say Marquise, I didn't say he's making six figures a year. I said he's making probably six figures a month. month. Yeah. That's a month. (laughs) I believe it too. Yeah. Cause, um, like with, with my content, man, I'm pretty much just helping dudes to be able to get involved with e commerce. I don't care if it gets to, Really, I don't care if it gets to a lot of big numbers, because I'm I'm doing well outside the realm. Yeah, and and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, what I'm saying is, you mm-hmm. know, if you're a content creator, you know, treat YouTube as an extension of your business, and you know, kind of treat it seriously because you can get paid some cheese out in these streets, man. Oh yeah, and especially if you got, like I say, plus you got to think about it. YouTube is just it's, it's a platform. Video is where all you got to all you got to do is just make the content once and drop it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then you you could be making money off videos that are five six years old. You know what I mean? The trickle down effect. All right, this guy's a 30 year old real estate investor who started working in real estate after he turned 18. He lived near me. I think he I heard. Was, I heard he, he lived near me. Look at Boy. look at his numbers. He's doing hundreds of thousands. You know he's getting he's he's probably making mad cheese off these videos, man. He owns some properties in the hood, at Inglewood. So the white man gentrified. <laughs> That's funny, but he has like a couple of buildings in Inglewood. Uh, Graham Stephen, uh, YouTube loves Graham Stephen, man. They promote him flawlessly. The algorithm gives him all the juice. I mean, if he's well, if he's dropping content that people are interested in, 
They still be promoting them. Because a lot of dudes are trying to do it off of trying to do Facebook and Google ads to be, well, Facebook ads to advertise their channel. I mean, you can do that. I know somebody that does that. He has an IT channel and he does IT commercials on YouTube as well. But, you know, he actually has a product outside of uh, outside of making videos. He actually does it to promote his actual courses. Same courses I teach, but he sells them. Yeah, you got to go behind a paywall to get access to his stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. Consul- I have consultations as well. Like, when come the people that's in Black YouTube, gee, there are people serious. But there's uh, the people that is serious. I don't know. They're married. I know this. I don't, I don't know if if it's because married dudes have the the, the burden of responsibility on their head where they got. They got to be more responsible. They can't be talking about women for 97 hours straight. Look at, look at this dude's numbers, B. That's they, say, they say he makes anywhere between 15000 to 240000 per month. This is just how much he makes a day. This is what they predict. Anywhere between $700 to about $11,000 a day. That's just off YouTube ads. He don't they, cuss. They predict he's doing. He don't cuss. He don't swear. Like I remember, I remember you did a live stream and you said that uh, you know you you can't teach uh, the black version of tech <laughs> on some Samuel Jackson type uh, type stuff and think people are gonna latch on to your tech channel. Nah, you can't, man. That's what I'm saying. When look, this pro-black stuff, it is it there are more cons than pros to it. I mean, there's only so many people that are gonna be able to make a a, a significant living off of what was me content. Tariq, Jason Black, Boyce Watkins, you know, people like that. Michi X to a certain extent. The average person is not gonna be able to make that kind of money, man. And it, that's that's why when you all these other people talking, about, I'm gonna make my pro black business. I'm like, bro, you're just not gonna make any money. I mean, unless you're happy with making pennies. I mean, especially if you have a product that's not just relegated. Like I said, I gave the example. If you're out here selling Afro picks, all right, fine. I get it because that's a product you're not gonna, you know, unless you got unless you got rough, coarse, nappy hair or whatever. You know, you're not gonna. It's only so many people are gonna be buying Afro picks, but. If you're out here selling toothbrushes, look, white people brush their teeth too, B. Kind of like what Michael Jordan said, Republicans buy Nikes too. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? So. <laughs> you're supposed to get to sell the motorized ones because I've been telling my my uh, on my consultations, I've told dudes that, you know, a toothbrush, uh, get some that's motorized, that could be sold for $75. People actually spend lots of money on motorized toothbrushes. So, with all my all my product stores, gee, I don't I don't tell them I'm a pro black business. Cause for one thing, I don't want nobody to know. Cause there's a lot of black folks that won't buy from black business. Bruh, look at this. This is the T series channel. 157 million subs. They say they make about one million to sixteen million dollars a month off YouTube, bruh. That's American money, so that go a long way where they at. Look at their daily averages they predict. Anywhere between 27,000 to over half a million dollars a day. 
This is what? insane. That's what? What they, that's what they say. But look at their video. Look at their views, bro. This is what they get in one day. 170 million views a day. <laughs> what? The green, the green is the per day. The black is, you know, the actual view count. Okay. This is, what, this is what they get. So October 10th, 2020, they got 140 million views in one day. And, the, and these are real people. These are not bots. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know. But this is what the algorithm, this is what this, this is insane. And I'm mentioning this because I had shared a video on my channel where it was like, it was saying, um, you know, everybody thinks to be a full-time YouTuber, you got to be making six figures. And I was like, technically you don't. I was like, all you got to do is make $100 a day. You know, $100 a day translates to about 36000 something a year, right? That's, that's, um, you know, that's what the average person gets paid. You know, that, that work that earns about $15 an hour or something like that. So all you got to do is just be able to, if you can pull in $100 a day off YouTube, Technically, you can classify yourself as a, a full-time YouTuber. Where's that video at? Y'all like the kicks? Look at the kicks. Hey. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know my man get fly like that. I thought he oh, was. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I, you know I, keep, I keep the shoe game fresh. You know what I'm saying? I still do the T-shirt. And, uh, you know, this is, I had to wear this to work. You know, somebody was complaining about my dress shoes. So I, I threw the I threw the 11s on. I was like, you know, these are pretty clean. They got patent 11 on them. They'll do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do. I, I, my shoe game, I keep a I keep a fresh shoe game. Oh, yeah. This video right here. So this, this is your man, Roberto Blake. If you, like I say, if you make you just go watch these content creators. But. If you can figure out how to make a hundred dollars a day off YouTube, technically you can go full time. You'll be you'll be earning about thirty six thousand dollars a year. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's all you really need. Because a lot of a lot of dudes they they got the they got their cash app, they got their Venmo. They they making sure that they capture the transactions on YouTube. They're yeah, yeah. Sure that if they if they're not getting monetized, where the super chat. That super chat button ain't there. They're making sure that they banners got their cash app on there. They, yeah. Uh, like I said, you can hit YouTube and start monetizing on day one. If you got a product you're pushing, or you collecting donations, that you all are, or if you got a website, like all my YouTube videos, they go on my website. And you know, I got I got people that let me let me just pull it up. If people don't know what my website is, that's so this is my website right here, right? Every video I put it goes up here. And guess what? I got ads running on the site. I got ads on the site. Uh, let's just click on one of these little posts here. You know what I mean? Um, I turn all my videos into, as soon as it loads up, it's kind of running slow right now. I turn them into podcasts and I run it on Anchor. So let me see. What's up, everybody? You hear this that? Is your boy G Dizzle. So that's a little that's a little advertisement that plays right before the YouTube. I just take the video and turn it into an audio. I got people that I got I got a few hundred people that listen to me just strictly through podcasts. And every time they hit the play button, they got you know they get paid off that little ad. I got ad running here. I got links over here. You know what I'm saying? Click on this. I get I get a couple coins tossed my way. 
You see, I got 167 people that subscribe to my website. So, you know, I mean, every time I post something, they go straight to their email. I mean, they can decide to listen if they want to listen or whatever, whatever. So, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm not rich off this by no means. Now, I have I do have another website that I haven't posted content to where I have made I have posted a post and I did make about five hundred dollars in two days off of one post or hmm. something, that, something that took me like like probably five minutes to write to translate into about five hundred dollars. And a lot of people in black YouTube were talking about it, not knowing that I actually wrote that damn thing. But um, um, so, you know, there, you know, there, there's a bunch of ways to get money out of these streets, man. Well, do you have any marketing experience? Because not really. You, OK, what you did right there, you pretty much optimized all your opportunities, pretty well, much having the affiliate ready. You have the ads ready. Yep. And if you're capturing emails, shit, that's another win. That's data. Yeah, that's what I, mean, I do with all my clients. I mean, I got the emails. Um, Right now, this is just a basic email system. I could probably use something like called MailChimp, and I could send direct emails, but I haven't I haven't utilized it yet. I, I use constant I contact. Yeah, I just don't see a need for it because I'm not selling people stuff off this site. You know what I mean? I'm not hitting them with special deals. It's just it's just a blog. You know what I'm saying? People come there, they interact with stuff, they click on crap. I make I get some money. You know what I mean? Like I say, sometimes you know, on average, it's not really a lot, but it adds up over time. But then, they, then every now and then, I'll, I'll, I'll write that one piece that'll, you know, that'll translate into about five hundred dollars in two days for me. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, so that's what I'm saying. Well, my point is, it, there's a lot of ways to get it off the internet. This, these are just some strategies I've used, and this is why I tell content creators: get your own, get your own website, man. And post your content there, not just on YouTube, because I download all my videos and then I turn them into podcasts. So even if the video gets deleted, you'll still be able to access it through the podcast if you really want to hear it. And then when I have it set up to where, well, the podcast is monetized. And like I say, I don't get it ain't like I'm rich off that, but, you know, it adds up over time. And then like, you come here, you click on something. Let's go to my other site. Technology G at the same exact layout, exact same layout for this site that I have for this site. See, same freaking layout. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't change anything. You know what I'm saying, I just changed the, the header image. You know I mean? Same layout, right? Relatively brand new site. Um, you know, I got, I got, I got. You know, ads on this one as well. Just get some decent traffic. I mean, it's a brand. It's, it's a relatively brand new site, so it's not. It's still growing, but I got it to where Google they put all the ads in there automatically, so I don't even have to worry about this. I just I just put a little code on there, and Google does the rest. They inject the ads for me. And then you know, you see something you like. Oh, let me click on whatever this is. Guess what? I get a little money off that too. You know what I mean, so like I said, all this stuff adds up. It's, it's kind of like just imagine. Like, now, listen, I'm not making buku cheese, but just imagine that you know you're walking around and you know you're just finding spare change all over the ground. Every, 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 every <laughs> you know what I mean, so yeah. it comes out to be you know a couple dollars a day ain't much, but add to the day, add it up over and over and over. You know, it's, it still throws to the pot, and this is this is outside of the YouTube money. You know what I mean? Because when I get paid from YouTube, 
all the money that I make off these ads, it gets added into my YouTube check each month. You know what I mean? Well, it adds to the pile. Like- yeah, because what it is, YouTube, all your money gets sent to what YouTube, their, their, I call it their finance company, their finance department, AdSense. And so they take all that YouTube money, send it to there for processing. They talk, they take all this ad money from there, send it to send it to there for processing. And then they send me a check if it reaches over a hundred dollars a month. Hey man, when it comes to, when it, when it comes to stuff like that, um, if I was going to be able to do it like where I did it full time, I would invest in SEO work. I would try to get Facebook ads yeah. and I would also uh, do collaborative uh, with other YouTubers as well. And pretty much just go full all out uh, onslaught of pretty much, you know, business consult- e-commerce consultations and marketing uh, consultations as well. Yeah, you can do but- that. I got like I got corporate clients that that pretty much uh, put some good money in my pocket. Where that yeah, I'm gonna take consultations on YouTube, but I'm not gonna be 30 days on it. I'm gonna be doing my consultation where my six people, my six clients on YouTube that uh, I work with on a day to day, and pretty much uh, see, you know capture the payments, see their needs. Cause I don't know, man, like. When it when it comes to dudes on YouTube, they, they fight for the scraps. The scraps are the scraps a lot of the times, because you know, motherfuckers complain about only getting like about three hundred dollars a month on YouTube. I'm like, y'all ain't marketers, man. Y'all ain't putting y'all tags. When it comes to YouTube, you gotta be, you gotta put your tags on well, your channels. It's 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 not necessarily about it's 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 a it's a combination of a bunch of things. Cause look, I don't even make that much. I make off this channel, I probably make close to average around two hundred dollars a month. But there's a reason. I use a lot of profanity. I talk about a lot of controversial stuff. I'm not getting thousands of views. So you know, I'm getting I'm getting the low end. I'm getting the low end deals. You know what I'm saying? My other channel, it just got monetized like last week. I'm already making more money per day off that channel than I am over here. Like the first right. day. Yeah. Cause you know, it takes about a day or two for the stats to compile so you can check your earnings. So finally, when they, when they showed me on the YouTube app, how much my channel has made off the first couple of days, it was monetized. I was already making close to 30 bucks in one day versus over here. You know, let's just assume I don't get any super chats. I'd probably be making five bucks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a realist with it. You know what I mean? Because you got like seven thousand or close to seven thousand on your well, number count. Sixty five hundred, but like I say, like I was saying earlier, I'm not getting the high value ads over here because of the history of this channel in terms of the content. You know what I mean? It's a lot of profanity, a lot of controversial stuff. It's not really evergreen content, so I'm probably getting like the 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 bottom feeder content, you know, the, the bottom feeder ads over there. High quality content, no profanity, evergreen. It crosses all racial lines. You know what I'm saying? It's something that people from all over the world are looking up information in relation to it. So I'm probably getting ads that have a way higher CPM rate. Okay. So that's okay, how I, so like I, say when I check my numbers, 
the first day I saw monetization happen, I was like, damn, I'm already making more money per day off that channel than I am over here. Because when I started my channel, man, I, I, I was doing good off, off the consultations, just off of just having my email out there and people looking at my videos after it was done and people just hitting me up talking about, you know, they're trying to get involved when it comes to uh, finding suppliers and traffic and marketing and hiring the labor and, you know, compile all the components like a business usually does management. So I don't know. I'm doing good just off of not talking about women. Like people that come on my panel, I don't want to talk about women. Well, talk about well, talk about what interests you. That's what I always tell people. I mean, listen, you you can if if I were to go out there and start making celebrity gossip content, I could okay. probably grow my channel way a way lot faster, a whole lot faster. But I'm not interested in celebrity gossip. I'm just not. So I'm not going to take the time and energy to make to follow these celebrities around, trying to get the scoop and be the first one to drop a video. I have like zero desire in that. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not really a sports enthusiast, so I'm not making videos talking about sports. I don't really make too many videos talking about politics. You know what I'm saying? Just just make content around stuff that actually interests you first and foremost, and then figure out how to grow that content within that lane of stuff that interests you. You may, yeah, man. You know, you may be big, you may be small, you may be in the middle somewhere, but I, I just don't see the point because you, you're going to burn out. If you're chasing, if you're trying to make content that you think everybody wants to see, but it's not interesting to you, you're going to burn out. And then you're going to start producing crappy content. Yeah, man, because I know one dude, um, Meat Magazine, he, he makes a lot of money off of that celebrity junk stuff. And he, he he gets burnt out due to the fact that he want to figure out what Cardi B doing. He, he really don't, no, uh, Meet Magazine. He's a he's a dude that I know. That's pretty much a, a celebrity blogger, and he says oh. he makes he makes he makes good money off of it. But he gets burnt out because he ain't trying to figure out what Cardi B doing or what Cardi B thinking or. No, yeah, you got to have a real interest in that stuff, man. Like, like take uh, Lovely T. She has close to a million subscribers. I think she's like at 900,000 something subs now. She's been at this YouTube thing for over a decade. But that's her passion. She follows this stuff. She could probably tell you who unfollowed who on Instagram. Like, she's heavily invested into it. Not, not because she's probably making a, a killing off of YouTube, but she probably has a genuine interest in it. You know what I mean? I don't have that interest in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I couldn't do it. Yeah, man. I can't I can't do it neither, man. Cause for one thing, a lot of this shit is none of my business. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh Philip says, gee, who was that dumbass that voted down on your previous YouTube concerning that intelligent young man? I have no idea. I don't they don't tell us the names of people who hit the thumbs up and thumbs down button. I don't know. Um, look, the whole thing is Philip, you know, people are gonna hate. It doesn't matter what type of positivity you put out there. Somebody's going to find a reason to thumbs down, thumbs down the video, even though I showed a, a dark skinned black male, 12 years old, extremely intelligent, starting college at the age of 12 to major in aerospace engineering. The same the same thing I majored in when I was in college, by the way. You know what I'm saying? So I know how hard that crap is because I was I was there were days where I was crying when I was going through those classes. 
So, but this kid, he might actually excel at it because he has a natural gift for comprehending complicated stuff. Whereas I didn't actually had to try to study, force myself to study, and it was it was some grueling hours. But regardless, you're gonna always have people that just just want to be negative, you know, just just hate on the content, just to hate on it. You know what I mean? That's the way it is. I don't control it, and I don't even care because the thing about the thumbs up and the thumbs down is they're treated equally in terms of helping the, the, the so-called algorithm out. So you can have a hundred thumbs down and five thumbs up. Well, they're still going to feed into the algorithm to spread awareness about the video. You know what I mean? You That's know, why I, people always say, hit the thumbs up when you come in. Cause okay. you know, that, that's, that's part of the reason why they do that. Okay. Okay. Like I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily tell people to do that. There's like, I got moderators that pretty much beyond that where they, send my links they send my uh email out on the chat to be able to do the stuff for me when it comes to um people having channels man they need to maximize a small audience because i only have like 153 subs and I, i'm probably making uh better money than a lot of these uh dudes crying about women all day and that's cool you know i, I tell people you know especially if you have a if you have a channel that's not like a guy, because this, this channel right here, my channel, is this is more of like a, a gossip channel where I just get on here and just run my mouth and talk about whatever. But if you have like a dedicated channel, like like my other channel, Tech G, you know, when I only had like two subs over there, me and whoever else, you know, when I when I first started dropping content back in April, you know, I made every video as if, you know, there was only one person watching. You know what I mean? Meaning that you're going to come here and you're going to learn something from me because this is, this is obviously there's a reason why you're here. You know, you're not here to hear me gossip. You're here to learn something about IT. So I'm going to pour my all into it. And hopefully, you know, it, it delivers results, which it has been. So, yeah, you should maximize on your audience, regardless of how big or small. Because, you know, we all get we all buy into the uh, to the illusion that just because somebody has like a thousand subs in their live stream, you know, that that is got that they got it going on. They may have it going on or, you know, whatever. But, you know, are they are, are, are is everybody leaving up out of there with something valuable? And this is how I look at it. Is everybody leaving up out of there with something valuable that they can implement in their life? You know, based off, you know, depending obviously that's dependent upon the type of content that's being projected. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you might go to a celebrity gossip gossip channel. I've seen lovely T. I've seen she's had like eight, nine, ten thousand people in her, her live streams at one point, which should it should be that way because she has over nine hundred thousand subs. But. You know, everybody's there just to hear the latest, get the latest tea. You know, it's not like you're going to go apply this to your life anyway. But, you know, so, you know, you got to you got to treat every sub like, you know, they're the only one there, depending upon the type of content you're creating. That, that's how I kind of view it over here. It's like whatever. On my other channel, it's like, OK, this here, this channel is for is, is a, a very specific purpose. It serves Mike. Yeah. I like with my channel, it's just general business talk. Like I have people in specific industries. Uh, I had uh, people that's in trucking, construction, e-commerce, as well as uh, like myself. Um, dudes that have dudes that have dealerships. Like I don't, I don't be, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't be having an issue when it comes to figuring out my niche and how to be able to make sure that it is content friendly type of uh content because uh I don't, I don't discuss i don't discuss a lot of uh controversial things just because i don't want my channel to be gone <laughs> i don't want my channel to be gone man i don't want to get on youtube's bad side where they pretty much shit can me uh 
because I could have easily went did uh, the travel content, pretty much get money off the travel content, but uh, I ain't necessarily uh, I ain't necessarily passionate about that as well. Like a lot of dudes either panel hop where they don't even really create content; they're just panel hopping, and that's a waste of time in my aspect because you ain't monetizing nothing. You're not you're not a merchant of any sorts. Right. Uh, I mean, like I said, it all depends on what you're using YouTube for. So you got you got panel hoppers out there. They just like to pop in, give their two cents, and keep you pushing. It, it, that's cool. Now, I think it becomes pointless if you have a reputation for known for being on panels, but you don't actually have your own channel to where everybody knows you. Like, take there's this one dude. I'm pretty sure you know, Little Big Nate. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you know the name. He's in Teapot's live streams. Uh, he's in Mr. Fantastic live streams and some other people. He's, he's making a, an, a nice little reputation because of how passionate he is about conservatism and, and all this other stuff. But every time I listen to every time I listen to him, people always ask him, where's your channel? He, he, already, he has like 50,000 excuses why he hasn't started his own channel yet. It's like, bro, you already have a built-in audience. People like what you say. Why don't you just make a channel, bro? And then you can just re- express your opinions without, you know, without interruptions. Or you can run your own panels over there. But, you know, so I don't know. Yeah, man, because because um, I, I just made the effort of just providing value and giving information on something that's useful. Because a lot of people that's my clients, man, they're not black. <laughs> So that's why I don't believe in being super duper pro black and blowing my cover due to the fact that not everybody's on that type of time. Not everybody wants to talk about race or lead off. No, no. Yeah, or, I mean, there's, uh, there's more to life than just racism. I mean, come on, man. Like, nobody just, I don't, I don't know what kind of productive life one could live as soon as you open your eyeballs in the morning. And you put your feet on the floor to get up to go brush your teeth or whatever. The first thing on your mind is racism. (laughs) It has to be more to life than just racism, white people, racism. It's like it has to be more, man. You know, I I, I just don't I, I cannot imagine living in an existence like that where I wake up every day and I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about what I think white people think of me. Yeah, man, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't get it neither. Cause, uh, yeah, clients is you know one client from Germany, other client from Poland. And for one thing, to be honest, I'm not trying to hear that superly duper woke. So I know they ain't trying to hear that shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, uh, everything is a struggle. I say, African American, black man in California. I mean, that's only going to work in certain sections. Maybe if you got a bunch of pasty liberals as clients, you could probably talk about racism with them all day. They'll probably throw money at you. But most people, they ain't no. trying to hear that crap. They ain't trying to hear that shit. I mean, I mean, that's just that's just the way I think. So, but you know, that's, you know, some, but you know, who am I to tell people what to do with their content? I'm, I'm just me making minds. You know what I'm saying? Hey, shit. Maximize it. That's what I'm trying to do. Like I've been on YouTube for about three years. I've been blogging for about seven years. 
Um, like I say, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm trying to create passive income or, or, or income that really doesn't, I, mean, I guess you could say passive, you know, it doesn't really require a lot of work on my behalf, make it and make it once and it generates money. You know, I would like that. I want yeah. mailbox checks. <laughs> I know that this 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 content on this channel ain't gonna get me there. But my other one, I predict probably it'll probably get me there. Now, will it turn me into a full-time YouTuber? I don't know. But I think it'll produce way more income for me over there than over here. Yeah, because a lot of times, you know, uh your traffic audience isn't the audience to buy, willing to buy. Like with me, I I make sure that my audience is people in the realms of e-commerce. So they're yeah. In, in the mode of trying to f buy courses and find information and shit like that. Well, uh, I got people on my other channel that buy. Like I put, cause you know, like I say on my other channel, I put the course out there and then I sell the study notes to pass the exam. Meaning you can watch the videos and if you can pass off the videos, kudos. But if you don't feel like you can pass off the videos, you need more detailed notes. Well, I put that together and then people pay me for that. So I've had quite a few people that pay me for that. You know what I'm saying? And they've gone on the past. So, you know what I mean? So I got people that come there for a very specific reason. So I knew an Asian dude that uh, pretty much that was his uh, job. He he helped people with their homework and charge X amount of dollars. And that was his hustle, man. $400 a paper. So Yeah, because, I mean, what I do, what I do on my other channel Look, nobody's going. Uh, listen, I learned this a long time ago. People are lazy, bro. Lazy when it comes to doing homework. I don't care if you're white, black, whatever, whatever. And, and, and they are extremely lazy when it comes to this tech stuff because this tech stuff, it sounds cool when you start talking about the potential incomes you could be making. But this is some really dry, boring stuff when you got to actually sit down and learn this stuff. Look, you know, you know what I'm saying? I got books in here that are like 900 to close to 2,000 pages thick. Very little pictures in them. Mm -hmm. You know, a whole bunch of techie lingo in there. Yeah, that's, that's how stuff, I felt. That's the type of stuff that'll put you to sleep in five minutes. You know what I mean? Hell yeah, man. Because I remember I was trying to learn Java. I got the CSS shit down. The C++ is next. But I think I'm just going to hire somebody to be able to do coding and programming. On, yeah, on my trade robots, because I'm just gonna hire the shit. I just want to learn it. Like, how can I say the surface level, so I I understand the can grasp the concept of what's going on, so I can somewhat instruct other people to do this and do that. Like with with me, I just need people to code trading robots and understand the forex market. Cool. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a person out there. You're just gonna have to be willing to pay them. <laughs> you know oh, yeah. What I mean? oh yeah. But like I said, well, what I do on my other channel, you know, being that I know people aren't going to go out there and read this stuff and research this stuff, I do it for them and then put it in a nice, pretty little package on YouTube and, you know, present them the information. Now, the information you get from me, you get the exact same information from every other tech YouTuber that teaches this crap. The only thing, the only thing that separates us is our personalities. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. That's what I do, man. I do the work on behalf of people. And, you know, people will pay me if they really want to pass. You know what I mean? Man, so what, far I've had people paying. What brought you into tech, man? Because be honest, man, it don't fit your personality to me, man. Uh, I mean, I, I was I started off in 1998. I graduated high school and then I went to college. 
Um, I was, I was an aerospace engineering student when I was in college, man. So I've always been in STEM. I've been in STEM since 1998. Damn. Um, 2002, I actually went into IT because I joined the Army after college. And initially, I was kind of, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into the infantry, but my uncle talked me out of it. And so I ended up going into uh, IT. So I've always been tech inclined, uh, but I'm, I was I, I was never just one of these your stereotypical tech dudes where I'm running around here looking like Steve Urkel. Like, no, nah, I still like to holler at the shorties. <laughs> I was still out there, you know, banging chicks. Okay, so you, know you were saying? educated lame. So you said, yeah, so I'm tech pookie. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't, the, I wasn't a pookie, but I was, I was, I, I was just a dude. I did, I did my homework. Mm. You know, whether I half-assed it or whatever, I got good grades because I, w- I want a full scholarship to go to college. So I wasn't, a, I wasn't no idiot. Okay. Okay. An academic scholarship on top of that. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't no idiot. But I still hollered at chicks. I still had a personality that could vibe with chicks. I still had a personality that could vibe with, you know, dudes that played sports or, you know, some of the, some of the dope boys. I was, you know, was kind of cool. I was friends with some of them. Even though I, did, I even though I didn't sell dope, I wasn't in the streets like that. But I just had a, I still had a personality that got along with people. You know Hood adjacent, Hood adjacent, yeah. adjacent as well, man. Because I'm a person that that reads a lot, but I never struggle for, with females. That's why when I came to this space, I'm thinking inside my head, damn, how do thirty thousand niggas struggle this hard? Yeah, I I, I struggle with trying to understand that as well because. You know, when people talk about this concept, they always talk about it from the standpoint that you're either one way or the other. Either you're a street nigga or you're a bookworm. I'm like, dude, there's actually a blend. There, there's a whole bunch of us in the middle. Now, it's just a matter of, you know, how far to the right or how far to the left you are. You just dead set in the middle because, like I said, I go back to me. I got decent grades in high school, decent enough to win me an, a, a, an academic scholarship to go to college. Full scholarship, I, I mind you, and then I was still out there banging chicks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was. I told you, I was the second chick I ever slept with. I was 16. She was 24 years old. You know what I'm saying? So I had grown women trying to get at me. I mean, I've had grown women showing interest in me since I was like 13, which is you know kind of creepy for real, for real creepy at that age. But <laughs> when I was 16. Second chick I ever slept with. She was 24 years old. She pursued me. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, yeah, these dudes got like a binary type of way of thinking. Yeah, this is binary type of thinking. They act like you can't hold two different, uh, two, two, uh, how can I say, two components at the same time. They act like you can't walk and chew gum at the same time. So, yeah, uh, you know, like this is a word that they created, man. Because only on, yeah, exactly, man. Only on the tube is where motherfuckers say educated lame. I have yet to hear that from any type of woman. Bonquisha with the big gold hoop earrings. I haven't heard her say that. So it's really what these dudes project out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, back in high school, because I was in high school from 94 to 98, right? You know, we had we had our stereotypical nerds, and then we had our stereotypical dope boys and jocks, but most people were in the middle. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just like anything in society in society. Like you listen to the pro blacks, let them tell it. It's just every white person you see is a is a is a racist white supremacist, and every black person is either a coon or a pro black. 
there's no gray area with none of these people. It's like, no, most white people don't care about you. They're living their life, paying their bills, doing the same crap you do, trying to figure out when they're going to hit the damn numbers so they can retire from their job. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what that's the majority of everybody in America, B. It ain't this race war popping off because white folks ain't thinking about your ass like that. They, yeah, the only yeah. time they think about you is when you shove it in their face with some BLM when they're trying to enjoy their dinner. Or you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, but if you if you exist purely on social media, you're gonna think that this is how the world is. Yes. This team and this team. And I'm like, bro, no. this, this is why I this is why I'm so glad I did not come of age in social media. I came of age before the internet was a big thing. Like I didn't get the internet in my house till like 95, man. That's when we first got the internet. And it was dial up. No. Pick up the phone. I mean, everybody had it. That was, that was just standard back then. Everybody had it. You couldn't pick up the phone. I pick up the phone. I could disconnect my dad. He starts yelling and screaming at us. But that was everybody. Everybody had internet like that because, you know, cable internet didn't really become like a thing until like the late 90s going into the 2000s when cable internet started becoming a thing. Like, trust me, I know the history of this crap because I teach it. But, you know, so... I, but what I'm saying is I had a life outside of the internet and social media where I actually had to go outside and interact with people, man. Yeah, man. Cause I, I think a lot of this stuff uh, is confirmation bias. If you want to find it, if you want to find it, you got it. If you need it, you can have it. <laughs> no. And that, that that's actually a fact. However you are, however you are, whatever you are predisposition to believing, you will go out there and find it. So if you believe all white people are bad, you just type in something on YouTube. Oh, white people bad. 50,000 pro-black videos will pop up. You'll go down this rabbit hole for the next two, three days, and you come out with a pro, you come out as a pro-black. Want to grow your beard out. You totally forget about everything that happened before you discovered pro-blacks on YouTube. As if <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, what are we talking about? Here? You've been around white people your whole life in some capacity. You work with them, you went to school with them, you live around them, or unless you live deep off in the hood somewhere. Like, what are you talking about? All of a sudden, now they're all racist because Jason Black, Tariq, and she told you they're all racist. Like, yeah, and, like you're real, B. And, and the thing is, he made it bad for motherfuckers in LA. You know, now the Mexicans is like, yo, what's going on with Tariq? Somebody talk to him. You about to get the whole. You about he about to get black people that don't even know this dude caught up. Well, I think that's part of Tariq's goal. If you want my honest opinion, what? I think Tariq and Jason Black. I think they are purposely trying to rile up black people to go do stuff that these clowns will never go do, so that they can have material to talk about and they can make money and then they can sell books and documentaries mm -hmm. and do public speaking events and go around here. See, I told you it's a race war because. Look, Tariq is not an idiot. Tariq, Jason Black, these are very smart people. Extremely smart. Tariq Nasheed knows what type of people listen to him. He knows that most of his audience is, is are a bunch of young people who came of age in social media and these single parent households and they're just, they're looking at him like he's a father figure. He knows he can never reach somebody like me and conform me to him. To, to, to believe in him because I'm like, okay, nigga, you're only a couple years. You're probably about six, seven years older than me. You knew I, you know, I grew up, you know, being that I'm, I'm that close to you in age, you know, I come from an era where you and I both live life outside of social media and we know how things is really going on. So I'm not impressionable like that. Well, you got a lot of old fools too. But what I'm saying is 
he understands who his primary demographics are that he know is more than likely are, are going to be the ones that he can convince to get mad enough to go out there and do some stuff that he know he's never going to do. He's not going to go out there and start trying to, you know, do something to cops or do something to white folks or rioting and protesting. But he knows that 22 year old kid who was born in 1998, who more than likely came from a single parent household and is mad at the world, trying to find his identity and his place in this world. And he discovered Twitter and YouTube. And now he's looking at Tariq as a grown man and uh, as, a, as a father figure, I mean, and, and now he's, you know what I'm saying? He's trying to find mm-hmm. purpose and oh, let me go out there and do it, Tariq. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You know, this, this is the way this is the way this thing works. So, because I broke away because it was defeatist. You know, because because I, I broke away because it, it was defeatist. Because I broke away uh, from that type of content because it was defeatist mindset. It showed an inferiority complex. Can you well, hear me? Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear it, 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 it actually is an inferiority complex because to be a pro-black, you have to acknowledge that white people are better than you. That, that's, 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 that's part of the tenet. You cannot be a pro-black unless you believe in your heart of hearts that you think white people are better than you. Or else, why would you run around here saying white supremacy every five minutes? Why would you get up on YouTube uh, and in regards to Tariq Nasheed going on Jesse Lee Peterson's show talking about white people are smarter than black people. You have to believe this. I mean, you really have to believe this. Now, I don't. Here's the thing. I don't think Tariq Nasheed actually believes it. He knows everybody else believes it. That okay. nigga knows that he doesn't believe that crap. Jason Black, Boyce Watkins. They don't believe that crap, but they know everybody that follows them believes it because if they did believe it, then the why in the world is Tariq living in a McMansion, making all kinds of money, living his best life? Be? And the same thing I imagine with Jason Black, even though we don't know what he looks like, but he's made a lot of money off these documentaries. And I'm not saying that he can't, but if this is such a racist white supremacy. Why are they allowing you clowns to make videos and then uh, and, and documentaries? And then Jason Black putting up billboards in major cities talking about race war and white people this and yada, yada, yada. It's like, what are you talking about, bro? Yeah. But I don't believe they believe it. They're just, they're just selling it because there's so many gullible, predominantly young people and a bunch of old fools. Because you got to remember, who, the, who are the old fools that buy into pro-blackness? I guarantee the majority of pro-blacks that are 40 plus years old are a bunch of Negroes who messed up in their teens and 20s to where they had a bunch of opportunities closed either due to criminal records or, you know, whatever, whatever, but they didn't get a chance to maximize their potential in their 30s, and now their income is severely limited unless they're out there hustling. Those are the people that can, can be easily converted into pro-blacks as well, man. Oh, yeah, very easy. Very easy, man, because... They, they chose to ride out the underworld, man. And people that choose to ride out the underworld gets the, a heavy-handed approach when it comes to repercussions. Zeno, Tariq doesn't live around black people. He lives in he, he lives in a lot Chatsworth. around I mean, white people. He, he, he and Chatsworth. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm, I'm in LA. Around there. Yeah. See, oh, yeah, you're from LA. You know where he lives. Yeah, man, Chatsworth, man. When I saw the house, I said, <laughs> nah, man, he tried to say that, no. Rich black folks, nah, man. You in Chatsworth, man. Uh, Master P is probably the, the only uh, black neighbor he got. 
He lives down the street from Chris Brown, is what I'm trying to tell you. But hey, listen, I'm not I'm not saying the man can't live there. You should be able to live wherever you 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 should be able to live wherever you can afford to live, wherever you want to live. My problem is blatantly lying and getting people all wound up and scared like some chickens with their heads cut off. Well, he's not doing anything different from what the mainstream media does. You turn on CNN every day. Uh, you think Trump is out there just just having Klan rallies every five seconds and they're stringing black people up on trees. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you listen to enough Don Lemon and Rachel Maddow on M- MSNBC. He's doing that, except I think he's trying to take it a little bit more extreme to where he's trying to indirectly tell people to go out there and do stuff. He's never going to come out and say, I need y'all to go out there and and tear up some cities and burn it down. He'll he'll post something like like matter of fact, I I did I did a video on this not too long ago. I can't remember what city that they was burnt. I want to say it was Minneapolis when the whole George Floyd thing kicked off or maybe it was Atlanta. But I went to his Twitter timeline. The very first tweet he had up was, y'all need to go watch The Hidden Colors of Haiti right now. I'm like, why is why does everybody got to go watch it right now? Why? Because the documentary is about a bunch of black people overthrowing white people, killing them. Cut. I mean, if you just look at the cover, they got they got I think they got I think they got like a white person's head chopped off. So he's indirectly telling people to go out there and commit acts of violence without saying it so he can remove accountability from him. So nobody can point the finger and say, Tariq told me to do it. But you see, you know, if if WS was really strong like you say he was, they would have just dropped the bomb on him and say borderline sedition, just drop the sedition charge and be done with it. That's why I say, man, a lot of these niggas got it good. These niggas got it good. Tariq ain't no, Tariq is no idiot, man. Like, listen, you got you got to keep that in mind. He he speaks in idiot philosophy because most of his consumers are idiots, but he is no idiot. He's very, he's very intelligent. You know what I'm saying? Very, a very smart dude, very business savvy dude. And he knows, I believe in my heart of hearts that he knows he has a, he has an idiot following that hangs on to his every word and literally believes it. And he's, he's, and he's figured out how to monetize it and he's been doing it for a long time. So the dude is far from an idiot, trust me. And I don't believe he believes in white supremacy. He just believes it is a moniker for him. Oh yeah, man. Cause same thing with Al Sharpton, man. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think Al Sharpton believe half the shit he talked about neither. So, you know, it's all a paper grab. Yep, it's a business. Yeah, but you know, that's the beauty thing. That's the beautiful thing about this racist white country. You can make a business out of anything, bro. <laughs> you can sell victimhood and become a millionaire out in these streets, man. Mm, mm, mm. That's how, that's how great white supremacy is, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, like, motherfuckers got it easy, Jake, because if it was hard, like, motherfuckers really said it was, shit, they would have cleaned house. They would have cleaned house. They would have been to the point where they would have got sedition charges. The Jason Black Race War book will be off of what? I think he sells it on Amazon. Nah, he had a, a DVD, not a book. Okay, he got the DVD joint. See, uh, any type of platforms that he put it on, because I know he got it on major platforms. You know, they, they could have just easily cut it off, man. Yeah. If it feels that, if it feels that real, or, or if because they they talk like it's nineteen ten, they act yeah. like. And the thing is, the, the so-called white supremacists, they know exactly who Jason Black is. Yes. They know what his address is. They know what his bank account information is. They know all this crap, man. 
like, look, I used to work for the government. I used to work for the NSA at one point. So I, I know I know a little something, something about what goes on with this crap. They know exactly who he is and where he lives. You know what I'm saying? So if they really want to shut him down, they could. But yes. obviously, he's still popping out YouTube videos. <laughs> they rather get his tax money. They rather tax him than whack him. They rather tax him than whack him. So they let him be. Because they know he's doing it for money. That's it. They know. You know what I'm saying? Because if they was really in terror of him, they would they would run up on him like they did Fred Hampton back in the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or MLK or how they how they got MLK. You know what I mean? So, but these niggas are still making videos. And look, I don't want nothing bad to happen to any of them. No. I think all of them should have the right to speak their opinions about whatever on YouTube and make their money, do whatever they do. But the reality is. Everybody knows that this is just a f everybody. Everybody with a brain know that knows that this is entertainment. Unfortunately, they can't come out and directly say the things that they want to say to get their followers to do. So you know these these people there, Tariq and them, they are smart enough not to do that because they know that they can get in some some serious trouble. Because remember, there was a YouTuber, a black chick out in Atlanta a couple years ago. She was on camera pointing guns in the camera, talking about what she's gonna do, this, that, and the third. Police ran up in her spot, B, and arrested her ass. Damn. Yeah. Damn. So, so yeah, yeah. She was actually making direct threats on YouTube. Police ran up in the spot and threw the cuffs on her. So these niggas ain't stupid, but they 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 try to speak in code. You know, all this coded language white people use. Well, they they do the same thing, bro. They, they they're studying white people. Why? Because white people, white supremacy is their god. They worship these people, man. Yeah, that's another thing. K coaching YouTube hasn't shut them down yet. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's good. It is you know this racist country is good, man. You know we we still making money off the fact of racism. That's funny. Uh, that's, that's, we hey, sell it into a package. <laughs> that is the American way, baby. You can make money off of "woe is me" racism all day long and live a very good life. That most of your diehard followers will probably never live. That's how great this country is, man. You can monetize people's fears and pain or imaginary pain, I like to say, whatever, or imaginary fears. I don't know, man. It makes people irrational as hell, man. I'd be having phone calls from people that I know. And I'm like, okay, so they, they, they must got their pro black uh, programming of the day and they want to. Talk the shit with me. I'm thinking something ahead, man. A lot of that shit is a farce or half truths with out of context. Well, it'd be, one thing, it'd be one thing if a pro black came up to you that was genuinely pro black, but they're talking in a manner that is actually progressive in terms of what we're going to do. All right, we're going to go out here, we're going to learn STEM, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. You know, then they start showing you business plans and and they out here trying to raise money. Yeah, it'd be one thing. I'd be like, okay, that sounds cool. All right, well, I, I, can, I can dig it. But they ain't, a lot of them ain't doing that. They just, man, after white people, man, white supremacy one on one. You know, they over here telling out that's white supremacy one on one. Like, I didn't even know that there was a college class for white supremacy. Like, niggas just, <laughs> just make up white supremacy one on one. Oh man, you know, you go into the house and you turn on the lights and the light switch is white. That's white supremacy one on one, man. Like, what? What are you talking about, nigga? You know, they, they be on some dumb crap like that. So that, that's why I don't take I, I take very few of them seriously because they're just parrot they're just parroting crap they hear on on YouTube and Twitter, and then they're using it 
as an excuse to mask their deficiencies because most of these niggas ain't going to go out there and change nothing. Because if you, if you really want to change some stuff, you don't have time to be on YouTube all day. You need to be out there learning some stuff so that you can actually implement the change you want to see. Yeah, man, because really, if somebody was on some tip like that, I would call him pro-economics to pro-black. Yeah. He's talking about dollars and cents. He's talking about balance sheets and profit loss statements. Yeah. He's talking about self-employed pensions to put. They don't know what any of those words mean, man. <laughs> Damn. Look, they're not watching those videos, and I guarantee Boyce Watkins. I don't think I've ever heard him mention a profit and loss statement that those words on his channel. I mean, maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. I don't know. I actually I don't bought know. the course, man, and I tell you this, man. Boyce Watkins shit is garbage, man. <laughs> the shit that I give to my clients and shit is way worth the five hundred dollars a month, well four ninety five a month, <laughs> just for the Black Business School subscription. Yeah, I mean, look, look, I, I, I've never taken this course. I don't know what's in there. All I'm saying is I've looked at the preview videos, and it's like, bro, they look like your YouTube. Yeah, man, because, you know, uh, self-employed pensions where, you know, you you have your own business, and you set, you can set aside up to $50,000 tax-free. That's a good move. Uh, you know, stock options. uh uh, inverse uh, ETFs, uh, uh, it, like if people want to be lazy and shit, they can do indexes. Um, oh, oh yeah, trust accounts, you know, <laughs> for your for your kids. Yeah. Grace says, if social media was popular in my era, what do you think would be trending topics? Same thing we talk about now. Look, Grace, I mean, look, real real talk, Grace. Back in back in the nineties, when I was a teenager, we talked about the same crap that y'all that that's talked about now on social media. It, it, you know, you turn on the TV shows, Ricky Lake, Montel Williams. It was gender war topics going on back then. It was white supremacy topics going on back then. Donahue, uh, Oprah, they all they, they they were notorious for bringing on white supremacists on their shows than having them argue with black people on the panels like that was going on back then, too. Um, we were talking about the same hip hop stuff because I was heavily into hip hop back then. You know, we got our hip hop from Rap City. In the Source magazine back then, you know that, that's how we argued back and forth. We, we, it would be the same conversations because the stuff that we hear, we're just a bunch of people on social media talking about the same crap we were talking about 20, 30 years ago. Except we didn't. Have, the only difference is we didn't have the internet and social media. It'd be the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I would agree, man. Because uh, you know, when it comes to having a platform. Like this, man. It, it's it's about really f maximizing the opportunity because I maximize all my opportunities. Most of my clients, they white, and I don't want to uh, piss. I don't want to piss them off on some bullshit. Just <clears throat> on some trick nasty talking points. I can't be doing that. Yeah, Grace. L listen, Grace. Pro black topics is not a new talking. Look, I, I went to I went to Tuskegee University, HBCU in Alabama. We had pro-blacks on campus back then that were talking the same stuff y'all hear on YouTube. My, I first met my first pro-black when I back in like 1990 that was like readily identifiable. And I, and I, and I was able to comprehend, I was somewhat able to comprehend what he was talking about when I was 10 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we niggas, was, I mean, look, look at the hip-hop back in the 90s. You had a bunch of conscious rappers back then nice. talking about this stuff. So the 90s, this is before Nas. 
Yeah, Queen Latifah. Oh. Yeah, all these people walking around their African medallions on. I mean, you know, we was niggas been talking about this stuff for the longest. You, you can go back to the sixties and seventies uh, with, with the Black Panther. So niggas have been talking about the same thing. It's just recycled over and over. The only difference between like the sixty, the fifties, sixties, and seventies pro blacks, they were actually in the Jim Crow, living it. When they said it was white supremacists out there hunting them, there was a high chance that there was somebody out there trying to hunt your ass or trying to do something to you. You know what I'm saying? You're walking down the street. You're walking the wrong neighborhood. You might actually get your ass whooped or chased up out of there. Like that was a real thing. Here, it ain't really popping like that. This is more of just a bunch of people in this era, in my opinion, who refuse to take advantage of the technology that's available. Because the, the Internet... I, I will say this until something disproves me. The internet in combination with this smartphone is the are the two greatest inventions in the history of the world, man. Period. Point blank. Hands down in the discussion. Why? Because it literally brings the entire world to you in the palm of your hands. Information at the damn near the speed of light. And you choose to use this thing purely for ignorance. <laughs> And then get mad when other people use it and become millionaires and billionaires. And then you want, man, white supremacy. Well, if you had to learn how to code some stuff up, you could have made the Snapchat app and then sold it and became an instant billionaire when the thing went public. You could have been, if you had to learn coding back in the day, you could have been the person who made YouTube and then sold it to Google for like $2 billion. Like, what are we talking about here? This is the great lib equalizer. Yeah, man, TJ Millionaire. Uh, he's a he's a tech dude in LA and everything, and he sold his tech company for fifty million dollars. Yeah, you can start. Coach K said it. You can literally start a business on your phone, man. A full time, full blown business off your phone. Don't even have to get a physical store. You may or may not even have to have a website, depending upon what you're doing. But like, there's just too many ways you can get it popping, but what do a lot of pro-blacks do? Turn on their phone and go listen to some woe is me babble and, and, and come out here, man, white people's oppressing us. They hunting us, chasing us down. Ain't nobody thinking about your ass, B. Not like that. Screen. We got screen learning. Now this what up, is screen? Hey, what up? What's going on, G Dizzle? What up, Real Deal Financial? What up, chat? Yeah, I agree, man. Uh there's more prob there's more money and problems than, than solutions. And the most problematic errors are the 1850s and 1950s. And that's why people keep using those talking points and equating them to today because it's just more money and uh, a treatment, especially if it's fake, than actual solutions and growth. So that's, that's the reason why they keep recycling stuff over and over again, because if they don't recycle stuff, people aren't going to be, you know, be fear, have a fear mindset. And keep donating money because it's all about moving money from your pocket to theirs. And the best yeah. way you can do that is with fear. You know, how often do you, you know, you how often do you really hear a lot of the pro blacks, especially like you know, on YouTube, talk about, uh, hey, how about we take this manosphere and start an LLC? You're not going to hear them talk about that. If anything, you're going to have to hear them talk about single mothers, talk about uh, white supremacy, talk about you know the white man. He's 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 doing this hanging people from trees as far as strange uh, strange fruit because that stuff 
it, pre it presents fear and to people who are weak-minded people who really aren't doing anything in life if they hear escapism then they can use that escapism as a means to why they need to continue to sit on the couch and not do anything and live in their mom's basement but if you present them with well here are the different industries you can get in here are the steps you can to get in those industries now people have to kind of hold the mirror up to themselves and have accountability which not a lot of people are really trying to do so that's that escapism that a lot of the pro-black spit out and that learns helplessness accepted powerlessness it's it's like sugar and it's like salt and instead of them blaming their own uh choices as to the reason why they're experiencing what they're experiencing they'd rather cut off a leg and continue to live in a lie yeah i i, I agree and like i say all the time man you know, to create real tangible change, you're going to have to go out there and do a bunch of boring stuff that's not going to get you praise. Nobody's going to be thinking about you. Nobody's going to be applauding you. None of that crap. Like, like y'all, some of y'all be giving me props on my YouTube channel, Tech G, and I appreciate that. But, you know, when I'm in here studying all these thousand page books with no pictures, you know, anybody coming in here applaud me. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> <laughs> you know, here showing me no love. You know what I'm saying? And you know that's to be expected. And I understand all that, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to actually decide. Okay, I have to learn something. I have to become competitive. I have to do something. That's gonna require a lot of time and energy, man. And you're not gonna have time to be sitting around here crying and complaining about everything on social media every five minutes, man. You know, and most people just do. It, it's just a lot of lazy people in the world, man. And I'm not just talking about black folks. It's just a lot of lazy people in general, especially in this country. So when you said the word compete, that's that's one word people run away from because they don't want to compete. Yeah. And one thing I experienced is a lot of people would be like, we all need to come together. And then you'll be like, well, come together, do what? And now they're upset because you want details as to why to come together. Like myself, I'm an individualist. I'm only focused on my son and whoever I date. And if I get married again, whoever I, whoever I get married to again, I'm not focused on, you know, everybody in the world. And that's the way a lot of them talk, because it's easy to equate that I myself am not successful because everybody's not successful, even though I haven't met everybody. And that also goes into the escapism that goes into uh, deflecting as to why somebody's 50 years old and they spent their whole life complaining as opposed to doing something about their situation, which is really easy to do, especially with social media. You know, like like uh, like G was saying, you can start a business on your phone. You can also start a business in your vehicle. You can start a business really on paper. You don't even need a phone. Yep. I mean, it's just simple math. <clears throat> No, nah, I mean it, it's 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 a whole lot like with the whole um I want to say escapism thing, but I, I think um I mean that's a part of it as well. But I think one I think a, I think a major issue is outside of people just not trying is you know they just don't believe in themselves because what I mean is if you go out I, I'm a firm believer that if you go out there and start racking up some victories you'll get more confident. And I learned this I had a serious lesson in this back in 2003 when I was in airborne school learning how to jump out of airplanes. My very first jump, I was terrified, B. We're 2,000 feet in the air in a plane. They just opened up the door. Talking about, I got to jump out this thing. This thing is traveling like 600 miles in the air. I was terrified. I thought I was going to die. And then I jumped out the plane. 
It was one of the best experiences of my life. I couldn't wait to go back up there again and do it. And this time, when I went back up there the second time, I was the first person to jump out the dam. Like I was that excited because I had overcame a, a serious fear of heights and all this other crazy stuff. So I'm saying that because in my own family, right, when I bought this house that I live in, I had posted it on social media and then I had linked to a video of you know you know how people be on youtube making showing videos of the model home and stuff like that i was like this is what my house looks like on the inside it's like it's, it's this is identical to the model home i remember one of my uncles came on there he was like man man you live in one of them neighborhoods man i come up in there they might they might call the cops on me and arrest me and i'm like nigga don't start <laughs> i'm like i'm looking at my uncle i'm like bro you've done lived in the hood all your life you've been a drug dealer you've been you've been in and out of prison I can understand why you think it's like this because and I'm not trying to shit on my uncle, but I'm like, you can't afford to live over here. But I guarantee if you could afford to live over here and you bought a house out here, nobody would say shit to your ass, even with all your gold teeth in your mouth and your Cadillac sitting on 20 folds. Nobody would care just as long as you ain't driving up and down the street, knocking pictures off the wall because you got your two tens in the back that's booming real loud. But the thing is, you haven't done anything in your life to secure some type of victories to help build your confidence up to where you can go out there and effectively compete in this society without, you know, having to run the risk of getting arrested because, you know, you're doing some illegal shit to where now you think that you see my house in my neighborhood. You think that you can't live out here or if you step foot out here, somebody's going to be calling the cops on your ass. I'm like, nigga, that is not like that. But you, you just... You have this, this, this fake—not this fake, but this—I don't know—this veil of fear just surrounding you everywhere you go. That irrational fear. It's just messing up your confidence, man. You know what I mean? I don't know if I made sense with that, but you know, it's It's irrational fear, man. Because I I know a guy—he lives in West Palm Beach, man. We 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 talking about big money white folks, big money Cubans. And he's Asian, and he got white people giving him cigars, like as a welcome home gift. Not a welcome home gift, but a a house. What they call a housewarming gift? Yeah. Welcome to the neighborhood type gift. I said, see, they're giving him the best cigars out there. I, I, I don't get it, man. You know, people. Well, it's probably because your, your your friend is out there being a productive human being. Now, listen. That's not to say that you're not going to run into a random person that don't like black people or a random crazy. They're all over the place. But I've been so many different places, lived in various places, a couple different countries or whatever. I'm just convinced that if you go out there, you act like a, a regular freaking human being. You don't bother people to do what you're supposed to do. Come home, cut your grass, pay your bills or whatever, whatever. Ain't nobody going to be messing with your ass, man. They're just not going to be messing with you, The most, most people. Cause yeah, man, I, I I'm I'm actually in a good neighborhood, and I get nothing but good mornings and shit. So that's why all this shit I call it irrational fear. Yeah, all this shit's irrational, man. But when you to be scared, but that's what they sell because it's a money maker. And like my man Screen Learning said, if the moment you you can't produce solutions as a pro black, it's just like the black church. That's all it is. You know, you go to the black church, they scare you to death about you going to hell every other week. They can't you know, they can't produce. They can't give you a no real long term, solid solution as laid out 
and concrete that you can follow damn near step by step. Because once you go out there and you start doing it, well, you're going to hopefully you're going to start picking up some victories. It's like IT. I'm going to keep going back to my channel. Somebody go take my 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 IT courses over there. Doesn't know anything about uh, computers. You go take my stuff. You get your little entry level job. And then within about, I don't know, 18 to 24 months, your, your salary increases or doubles or whatever. Just like I say in my videos. I find it hard to believe that you're still going to be running around here believing that the white man is going to be holding you back when you're seeing victories off of something that somebody has laid out a blueprint, a blueprint plan. Somebody has laid out for you based off of their own personal and or professional experience. You can't do that in pro black sectors because you're going to lose money. You can't go out there and be like, I'm a, I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm learning a new skill. I'm moving up. My income's moving up. And then you're still coming back over here. Oh, Lord, the white people's going to get me. But they just gave you a pay increase, my nigga. They're damn near paying you six figures. You still talking about they're trying to come punch you and get you? Like, which is it? Are the pro-blacks, are you working for a pro-black IT firm? Chances are you're not. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's just this foolishness, man. You have to keep people existing in fear. And social media has allowed people to carve their own little realities out. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like when people take these pictures on Instagram and they crop the picture perfectly and put the filter on it. And you think they're living this wonderful life because of, of what you see in that little square box. But not knowing everything outside of that square box is probably just chaos and confusion all over the place. But they just showing you what they want you to see. It's the same way with these conversations on YouTube and Twitter, man. Extreme cherry picking, maximizing of the minimum. Yeah, because um, I can kind of attest to that. Because when I before before I went to airborne school, I was at an officer Canada school in the army. And when we first arrived, the main people who were vocal. You were in the army? I know yeah, that. I was. Oh, yeah, okay. I was. Yeah, I was a uh, field artillery when I was an officer. As far as my uh my detail, but my actual branch was uh was finance. And then when I was enlisted, I was 88 Mike, a truck driver. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, we first showed up to, to OCS because at Fort Benning, yep. uh, I think they're gonna change the name or whatever. But when I first we first showed up, showed up at Fort Benning, the first people who greeted us were people who were in processing us. You know, normal people like you meet in life. And then the other people who were there, who were more seasoned in the reception, were the rejects. So the rejects were telling us different reasons why they were they were rejected, and those were excuses. And so when we went through officers Canada school. Uh, those who ended up failing, they they were they had two choices. Either they accepted what the rejects were saying were the reasons why they failed, or they took accountability of their life and was like, you know what, I made the mistake. I'm going to keep trying. Whereas the rejects were saying the reason why you failed was because of uh, racism, or the reason why you failed was because uh, the army, you know, was this or that. So the people who took accountability of what, where they messed up, like they failed history, they didn't pass a PT test, they didn't, they fell out of a run, they fell out of a ruck march. Those people, like, okay, this is where I failed at. My goal is to pass OCS into commission. Let me work out, work on myself, and get better, and be able to graduate. Whereas the failures who accepted that it was the army's fault, or it was OCS's fault, or it was the EDR's fault. Or it was the plants outside's fault because, uh, you know, sometimes you, you may do a PT test on grass where there's ants. You know, that does happen. But you're going to know that when you first start pushing or doing sit ups or whatever. 
But, you know, the, the, the rejects presented all of these reasons why it's someone else's fault you failed as opposed to themselves. Those who gravitated to the excuses, they no longer wanted to compete. They just wanted to point fingers and accept that where they were in life and just not even progress forward. That's it's basically how it is when it comes to uh, us as people. Growing up, you're going to face adversity and it's up to you to uh, have accountability as to what you can control to overcome that or hear people give you excuses as to why it's someone else's fault. If you go down that path, you're going to end up <laughs> in these spaces where you're blaming everybody as opposed to setting goals and making little victories to get to those to those goals. Because when I went to airborne school, I don't know what it was like when you went there, G, but uh, we, we had uh, they kind of built us up to the to the jump out the plane. Mm-hmm. They built us up to it. And when did you we go? Tried- what year? It was 2014. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went in 2003. But yeah. Yeah, it's probably not pretty much different. But uh, we we basically, uh, we trusted our equipment by putting it together, learning about it. And then we did little, we had like small victories until we got to the actual big jump. Yeah, you, you started got to- off learning your PLS, then they took you to Tower right. Week, and then Tower Week you went to the, plant, the bird. Yeah. Right. So so it's like those little victories but see people don't want to go through the little victories they want they want it all at one time and that's you know and it's just because of that because people don't have that delayed gratification and they want everything based off of like being like a microwave because we have a microwave society people end up giving up as opposed to continuing to try until they get what they want. And you hear it, you hear it with these, these talking points, especially with the panels that last 10 hours, <laughs> they, they start, <laughs> they start at 8 PM and it's like a whole eight hour shift. You go to sleep and wake up. They're still complaining <laughs> about stuff and going on and on and on. And they're deflecting the different stuff. You look at the title of the stream and the title of the stream could be zebras, but somehow They've they've rolled into how Donald Trump is evil. And you're like, wait a minute, how do you how do you get to that from where you were? But it's because they were throwing out all these excuses and everybody was eating it up like Pac-Man. So and that's just it. You know, uh, you know, I I like it because it's a part of my daily dose of dysfunction. I ain't gonna lie. But other people, they listen to that and they may be a little bit more sensitive and vulnerable and weak minded. They hear that stuff and they end up buying into it to where they believe that. The reason they failed a test is not because they didn't study or because they just put down the wrong answers. They believe they failed the test because of white supremacy. It's funny you mentioned that, right? So what I currently do, I do some work with a, a tech college out here, right? Where I also teach entry level IT there. It's funny. I had a black student recently. Uh, he failed one of the one of the quizzes that I gave him. And he was like, oh, I just don't understand. Uh, you know, you're not giving me all the materials. I was like, have you watched my videos on YouTube? Like, I put all this stuff on YouTube. I've written it out on my website, blah, blah, blah. He was like, I watch all your videos. I was like, all right. I was like, Pete, this. On my video, what does it say in the lower left-hand corner of every video? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, well, obviously, you don't watch my videos because it has a link to my website in the lower left-hand corner. And then I was like, what do I say at the end of every single video? Uh, 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 I, but I watch your videos. I'm like, well, if you watch it, you know, you would know that I say, if you want more information, go visit my website, technologyg.com, so you can get read up on the latest and greatest to help you pass whatever certification that you know I'm teaching you or whatever the case may be. Dude, dude, which was going around the world 
to try to avoid accountability for why he didn't study and properly prepare instead of just owning up to the, I mean, instead of just owning up to the fact that, bro, you didn't study and now you're failing and now you're trying to find, now you're trying to blame me for your failures, even though I've given you all the information, pointed you to all the links, told you everything that you got to do, but you want to try to blame me when it's really your fault because you didn't put the time and effort into it. And it, it, was just, it was just blowing my mind, man. I was just like, I was like, why did it have to be a black dude? Why couldn't this be like a white person? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, why gotta be the stereotype? Yeah. Why, why gotta be the stereotype? <laughs> it's because he might have been used to getting the answers plus the test his whole life. Or yeah. he was expecting that because, you know, uh, he might have been wanting the homeboy hookup. When I first when I first started a business, everybody would come to me and they'd be like, hey, what you selling? And I, you know, show them the website or you show them the product. And then they're like, well, hey, let me get the homeboy hookup. And I'm like, nah, man, you got to pay full price like everybody else. Yeah. And then they would, you know, start calling me names and, you know, using that, that name call and a shaming language to try to get me to give it to them for free or to give them a, a you know, a, a huge discount where they basically are paying less than what I paid for it. And that's just kind of, you know, I think it's about it. I think it's a mentality thing, not necessarily a race thing. You know, I hate that that, you know, the dude in your story was black. But I mean, uh, as an individualist, you know, the that individual pretty much just wanted a handout. That's what he really wanted. And, you know, it was more to it than just accountability. It was also him believing that he should be having an easy path because of reasons, as opposed to understanding that you're not just competing with, um, you know, yourself, but you're also competing with each individual person in the world. And everybody goes through it. And that should be the motivator. But for other people, uh, they believe that they shouldn't have to compete. So they don't. And he he probably after you told him that he probably went to other people and was like, yeah, gee, he's he's messed up. You know, dude wouldn't hook me up. He's not real. He's this. He's that. And, then, you know, called you all types of names when it and then, you know, everybody he talked to who's probably in a circle were probably just like him who was like, yeah, you know what? G ain't keeping it real. Uh, he's a loser. This and that. When all you're saying is, hey, I provided you all the tools. You just didn't use it. And see, if he would have took accountability, you might have given him maybe a, a conversation that could have motivated him to try again. Because, because a lot of people don't want to try again. They want everything on the first try and they want the first try to be easy. But that's not how life is. Yep. Hey, right. Exactly right, man. You know, hopefully he'll he'll get it together. But, you know, like I said, I try to explain to these people. I'm just like, look, this stuff is not easy. I mean, it can be depending upon your level of understanding. But you still gonna have to put work in because I'm like, I'm teaching y'all. I'm training y'all to take a test. You know, the test is not going to. They're going to tell you what you need to know, but they're not going to tell you exactly what's going to be on the test. And I think they're, they're coming from that perspective, just like you said, where they've been trained to expect what's going to be on the test. And I'm like, no, we have to get out of this memorization phase because, you know, some of them are trying to memorize everything that I show on these slideshows. I'm like, I need you to comprehend this stuff, then learn how to memorize it because y'all are just skipping the comprehension part. But you know that that you know that's just one example, but this, I see this play out in so many different facets in life amongst a lot of black people, which leads us back to this path of why so many are quick to blame racism for holding them back. I'm just like, if we had to pull your Carfax report, see if you really went out there and did everything in your power to try to win, are we honestly are we, we going to see a whole bunch of efforts 
where you tried and you couldn't succeed? Or is it just going to be just just a just a empty document? And, and I'm, I'm more inclined to believe that a lot of you guys aren't really giving your full maximum potential to try. Y'all just coming straight out the gate out your mom in them house talking about white supremacy holding you back. I was like, is it really? Because, you know, I got cousins like this now. I'm like, I'm like, bro, I know how y'all grew up. And it, yeah, some of y'all were raised by my grandma. It wasn't the best environment. You know, rest in peace of my grandma. But, you know, she was an old woman. Her, her kids didn't want to raise their own kids. So grandmama raised y'all. It is what it is. But we know what type of house y'all grew up in. But at the same time, you have other examples of family members like me. You got my two brothers. Uh, my, my, they're, they're twins. The younger brother or the older twin, he's in law school right now. His twin brother works in IT, making close to 100 grand a year. So it's not like you guys don't have resources y'all can lean on to try to get some help. I got another cousin that I think he owns his own truck, drives tractor trailers, but y'all gonna sit here and play the woe is me game about how you can't do nothing in life when you got family you can reach out to. And it's like, I, I, I don't want to hear this crap. So don't talk to me about this racism or you being held back. No, you're not trying, man. Because <laughs> it's crazy, man. Because, you know, uh, Thank God that most of the dudes that I know are are very uh, uh, not rugged, but they're arrogant. They got that Michael Jordan mentality when it comes to shit. Yeah. You know, because I have several uh, uh, dudes that be on that woe is me shit, but I tune them off. I, I, I really want to cut them off. This shit is annoying, man. I don't want to have to it. 2 3 30 in the morning and calls about did you saw what was going on <laughs> i get a half told story that he got from the from the, the pro blacks and shit and if i tell him that you know is it a full story is it in fully context he said but it doesn't matter i'm like whoa <laughs> what do you mean it doesn't matter we need to get the full context um I don't know, man. These snippets. I guess you were uh, all right uh, about that. Uh, what you mentioned about they use the same tricks the mainstream media does: get a snippet, flip it, twist it, remix it. Well, that's 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 a marketing strategy. I mean, that's. Yeah, that's true. You gotta, I mean, you gotta understand if it bleeds, it leads. That's like the model of media. So, it's like that one example, that video that went viral of the white chick who was pointing the gun in the face of the black woman and her daughter. First time I saw the video was because of Tariq Nasheed. The video opened up from the, from the perspective of the black mother holding her camera phone. And all you saw was a white chick pointing a pistol in her face. You're like, Whoa, what is going on here? You know what I'm saying? Like, but then later, then, then, then more video comes out painting the complete story and how the black chicks instigated the entire event which led to the white chick hopping out the car, pulling the piece. And then you're like, oh, okay. But that's how all these clowns do to include the media. Like when we got introduced to George Floyd, all we saw was him laying on the ground, rest in peace to George, but we didn't know any of the other context to how he got in that position, why he was there, you know what I'm saying? There was no context to explain this, but it's presented we're just supposed to automatically get mad and want to tear up stuff because we see a cop with his knee on the back of his neck with no context. Or we're supposed to get mad because we see a white chick pointing a gun at a black woman 
with no context. That's how the, but that, but that no context angle generates money, generates views because it immediately taps into somebody's feels and emotions to try to elicit. See, see, it's racist. It's white supremacy. They's out to get us. You know what I'm saying? It immediately goes straight to that feeling, which translates into money for these people. Because if you come out there with the full context, it's not gonna it's not gonna produce the same result, man. It's just not. Yeah, man. Cause I got like a three o'clock in the morning type call with some shit. I said, "What?" I I did the research on the video, found the full video, and I was like, "Okay, I'm not even gonna waste my time on it." But you got everybody else; they want you to be mad with them. I'm like, "Dude, that ain't the full story." No, nah, well, you know, they want to put post me as an Uncle Tom. <laughs> you know, go go be the Uncle Tom, man. Cause you know, a lot of, a lot of Uncle Toms live pretty decent lives, from what I can tell. <laughs> you just gotta you just gotta go out there and just do you, man. So, you know, get back to this whole YouTube thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we got the woe is me's all over the place. And this is why I always scream you need balance. You know, you, you need balance because everybody's scared to death. Oh, Jason Black told me it's a race war coming. Well, you need other black folks like myself, you, screen learning. I ain't saying you got to be the anti-pro-black. Like, I ain't no white people coming to get you. But if you just present useful content that people can actually utilize in their life and apply, you know, depending upon what you make, you might be able to uh, help people, you know, this is my hope. Because I know on this channel, I flipped some pro-blacks into normal thinking black people. Like, they exactly <laughs> Like I've had I've had a couple of people actually send me messages telling me I used to be a pro black till I started listening to you and I became a, a regular thinking, productive black man out there who realizes it ain't really as bad as people say it is. As long as you out there and give an honest effort and try, you know, you'll probably secure a couple of victories here and there. You might not you might not go on to become a billionaire, but you know, you could you could at least move yourself up uh you know, you know, in income and hopefully live a you know a somewhat better quality life than you may be living now because it's a proven method. It works. So we don't have enough people like me out there or you out there are screen learning. We need more of that. But unfortunately, this type of content in black YouTube or the content that attracts black eyeballs, I should say, it doesn't this isn't what produces this isn't what generates all the likes and all the hits and and, and as you see, the super chats ain't flowing in my videos. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if I was doing some pro-black babble or some relationship babble or whatever, I'd probably be, it'd probably be super chats flowing all over the place right now. You know what I mean? 300 here, 300 there. <laughs> yeah, it really is. In my opinion, it boils down to are you going to use your brain or not? Because when you start to, you know, talk out the facts and break down, let's say, using laws, using policy. People ain't trying to hear that because it requires them to use their brain. And then a lot of us, well, where I grew up in Arkansas, we were real religious. And the, the mantra was, you know, lean not to your own understanding, lean to God. So people weren't using their brain, neither were they trying to develop it. So when they come with these stories and they get the half truths and they're, emo- they're, they're all emotional about it, when you start to ask questions, now, now they're name calling because it's it's easy and it's simple, just like not trying to deflect the conversation, but like there's a there's a new outrage. There's an outrage every week where, you know, Deja Stow- Stallings, the pregnant black woman, she picked a fight with the cops. And 
people are, are spinning that to all oh, the cops are doing this and that. But see, when you break down all the facts, look at the the uh, the body cam, when you when you get all the information, that's when people get quiet. And I, I think um, people should get all the facts before they go marching in the streets. But a lot of people don't want to. And it's basically because they don't care about the facts. All they care about is their feelings because it supports their own narrative and helps them to uh, live somewhat of a life where they're blaming other people for stuff. And then you got them rioting and looting. So, you know, just taking it back to uh, these YouTube streets, you know, most of the content where people are, are pouring out all these super chats, giving all these cash apps, giving all the money, it's because they're being validated as opposed to being challenged. And when they're validated as to the reason why you're in your current situation of being on, let's say, welfare, where you're living in your mom's basement, where you're 50 years old and you're lonely, you're upset, you're angry at the world. It, you know, hearing somebody say that the choices you made is not the reason why you're in your current situation. The, the, the reason why you're in your current situation is, let's say, slavery. When people hear that, they're like, you know what? You right. Uh, it's not my fault that my baby mama put me on child support. It's because of uh, slavery. And there's people who actually believe that nonsense. And if you listen to them long enough, you're going to be like, okay, this dude is probably a loser, but there's a lot of losers because it's really easy to accept that learn helplessness, accept your powerlessness, especially if uh, they believe that they don't have any choice in their life. And it's, you know, someone else pulling all the uh, strings and, and basically having them as a puppet. But I don't hear nobody talk about go back to Africa where everybody's black. But, you know, that's pretty much that. <laughs> Ain't nobody going back. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. I'm staying here, dog. I mean, I am, I am more American than anything, man. I'm not saying that because Africa's bad. I'm just saying this is just where I'm from, where we live. You know what I mean? So you know, it's kind of like when people talk about. They don't play no games in Africa, though. Yeah, you man. can't go to Africa talking about some woe is me. They don't yeah, care that they yeah. sold somebody into slavery. <laughs> they don't yeah. have no welfare over there. If yeah. anything, you know, the warlords are going to hit you upside the head. Or if you're like, well, I can't, I can't sell anything. Uh, it's it's y'all, it's y'all Africans. Y'all don't want to support, you know, somebody who's black. They're going to tell you, well, maybe you should take a class in marketing and sales. Nope. Yeah, yep. they don't do that brother stuff in Africa, man. That's an African American term. I I learned that. Uh, uh, Hell, even having family that is African, I learned that very uh, early. That that brother shit—that's an American term. Well, they they use it if you're a tourist now. If you're, if they're trying to sell you something, they're gonna try to use the language that they think appeals to you. Hey, come on, brother! Come on, brother! Come by! Come by! Come by! And you know they'll call you brother all day if, if you're if they're trying to sell something to you, which is smart because I'm gonna use the language that somebody identifies with because I'm trying yep. to get their money. But when they're not trying to get their money. Now they're in competition mode and it's every man and woman for themselves. I mean, that's pretty much how it is in America, except for we have a lot of socialism. And unfortunately, because of that socialism, that kind of gives people a crutch. I mean, there are people who do need it. However, it's supposed to be a temporary thing, not long term. And that's kind of the problem is we have a long term mentality, long term attitude towards short, short uh, benefits and even short shortcomings that are bad. And, you know, you, you got a fork in the road. You can either choose to pick yourself up and, and try again and, and re do jump school again, do officer school again, or you can go down the other path and start blaming everybody else for your problems, get kicked out. And now you're a bum. Yeah. 
No, it's just like that video I did about my friend. It was like two or three videos ago who owns his own real estate franchise. Like when he was around 17, 18 years old, he got arrested because he was on a he was out riding with his homeboys. But unbeknownst to him, you know, they went to a liquor store, but unbeknownst to him, his homeboys went inside the liquor store. He didn't. They went in there and robbed the place and they came back out like nothing just happened. And this, you know, the cops is on them. They all got arrested. Turns out that my friend actually didn't have nothing to do with the robbery, but they still put him on like probation. He was facing like 10, 15 years in prison at the age of 18. So while he was on probation, he studied real estate. Fast forward to the present day, he owns his own Remax franchise, but yet he still runs around here trying to blame white people for everything. <laughs> it's like, bro, you don't, don't work it. for anybody. You own a franchise. Look what you came from to what you were able to accomplish. You didn't, you didn't go to college. You didn't join the military like you originally wanted to join. Nigga, I work for a white person. You don't. I should be complaining. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> about it. But... <laughs> You know, but this is what America allows for you to do. It allows for you to even 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 facing those situations you were facing, you can still come out on the other end looking good, smelling good. If you're willing to put the work in, and he did go put the work in. Like he wasn't just sitting around twiddling his thumbs on house arrest. He studied the hell out of real estate. And uh, you know, got his license, went and worked for another broker, learned a business, then opened up his own. But I still look at him like, I don't get this woe is me crap from you, bro. It's like I'm I'm confused with you. I can understand somebody else, but I'm I'm hella confused with you and why you're doing it. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what's up with him. But that's my boy. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever, man. He, he he's still one of the first people I'll call if I'm looking for an investment property. I'm gonna go straight to him first. But it's like, come on. You know what I mean? Yeah, compart basically yeah. compartmentalize. You know, some some people you can like drink with and have a good time with, but you can't do other things with and. Nothing wrong with that. There's, there's people I do business with that I can't eat with. And it's all about, uh, you know, what 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 benefits ourselves. And once people can't benefit you in another way, you just kind of see them later. The problem yeah. is a lot of uh, the pro blacks, they don't really see it like that. They see it to where they want to listen to everything, even the nonsense. And even even when people are in like scandals, which is like every day now on YouTube, they don't want to instead of like listening to the to the information and looking at the facts and making an objective decision, they simply say, well. He's got to be bad because I'm rolling with my guy or you'll hear somebody who will, who will open their mouth and say, I kid you not. People will actually say this. They'll say, if I catch you in someone else's live stream, oh, don't come back. You blocked. And I'll blocked. hear it. <laughs> I'll be listening. I'll be listening to my daily dose of dysfunction and hear that from the clouds. And I'll be thinking, like, man, these people—they're <laughs> acting oh, yeah. like straight bums. They're they're sitting there arguing over nothingness that they don't have an ownership in, just like the Crips and Bloods are are arguing and fighting over street blocks that they don't own either. But people don't take a step back and look and look at look at the fact that they're so busy trying to own arguments, but not trying to own a business, own land, or even a building. And when you point that stuff out, they're going to call you Coon, Sellout, Uncle Tom, all these names. And you're like, OK, well, you're done calling me names. Do you own YouTube? Well, I don't have to own YouTube. And, da, 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 da. and you're like, well, OK, do you do you do you want to figure out 
how you can kind of own YouTube indirectly by investing in the Alphabet Incorporated. No, the white man ain't gonna let you buy that. Look, RBR. <laughs> Look, RBR. <laughs> you can actually invest in the stock market. You know, when you're when you're done being crazy. But most people just want to stay crazy. So, you know, you got to leave them where they are and compartmentalize. Sometimes you can talk with people and joke around with them like RBR. Other times you want to hang with people when you're trying to be serious and actually try to build something. And then everybody throws around the word build like build is a complete sentence as opposed to saying what you're trying to build and make plans for it. And people have been using the word build for like 10 years in most of these spaces. And the only thing they're, they're building are, are sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, because you know, I, I look I, like I, I've been, I've been in this, I've been in the clouds like you for about ten years before, you know, you know, you know, whatever. But I'm just like, I've been hearing this build talk. I'm like, okay, when y'all gonna actually get the building? We've been, I've been talking about this for ten years, B. You ain't even got a website up yet. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> Go get a website, start something, man. But you know it, that that it goes back to that. Well, it, you're gonna have to put in the work. It's easier to hop on panels for eight hours arguing and bickering about some BS because that doesn't require work. You're just freestyling off the top of your dome, or yeah, based yeah. off of what limited information you may have gotten from a couple of random other videos where people were freestyling talking about gossip shit. You know what I mean? To do this type of stuff you're doing or I'm doing, that's that boring stuff. We got to go out there and actually read this stuff, comprehend it figure out how to put it in a presentation that makes sense. That's easily digestible for the masses. Man, I got time for that mess. That, that's the real building right there. But, you know, Build your credit to something. Damn. That too. <laughs> God damn. I was going to be having like uh, these 350, 400 credit score, man. You got a better credit score than Boyce Watkins, man. When they doxed it, Boyce and found out that he under a 600 credit score that's what i <laughs> i mean I, I imagine he's probably above that you know my credit score dropped you know it dropped down to an 805 so i was a little pissed off but whatever but I'm oh look sure. at you look at look yeah, look at you, you. 805 i see? just checked it. i just checked it the other day. i was like ooh, 805 yeah see, but you know, be stunting well here's the thing how hard is it to maintain a credit score just pay your bills whatever debt you got pay your bills on time like that's literally all i've been doing I've never, I've never used any magic tricks. I never went to a debt cleanup service. I just paid off my debts and paid them on time. That's it. That's all I do. Is it? I don't. I you know. I try not to go out there and spend well above my means. Or like, I just made a seven hundred dollar purchase today, right? Because uh, let me show y'all what I bought. I just bought since we're since we're here. And my brother put this in his house. I was like, man, I want to get one in my house too. So I went and bought a Rogue. This thing, right? Hold up. Where is it at? Give me one second. I'm trying to find the window. Yeah, I did a video on Boyce's uh, business school. And uh, yeah, it's not trying to hate on him or anything, but it's some bullshit. I bought that shit too. Oh, the business school? You, you bought a yes. class? Yeah, it's stuff you can basically get at the library or stuff you can find on Google. It's not like strategy. And that's the point. Is there's so many people who are uh, they're, they're selling instruction manuals, which you can get that online for free, but they're not trying to sell strategy because they don't have a strategy. And you can well, tell by the free content that they do as far as if they have strategy or not. 
Well, I see, see, here's the thing with boys. I don't have an issue with the stuff that he's selling because the stuff that I put out and sell on my YouTube channel, you can go look it up in the library as well. But the problem I have is, you know, based off of what I've seen is how he packages, packages it up and delivers it. It looks like just some random cheesy iPhone video that he filmed in his bathroom somewhere. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you want me to pay $500 or $100 a month I need your presentation to be better than your YouTube videos. I, you, you know what I'm saying? I, I need something because why do that when your production looks like your YouTube video? Like I go on Udemy. There are some classes that I, I, I pay for on Udemy. Like I'm taking a, a database class or something. Not, not a database. Well, I am taking one of those in conjunction with this Sub-Zero class. But their presentations, they don't look like. The crap that they pump out on YouTube, you know what I'm saying? Looks and plus they offer me way more crap. So I'm saying, what I'm saying is, I don't have much of an issue with that. It's just, yes, my stuff you can go learn at the library as well. But I think the packaging and the presentation makes the difference. As a because I already know most people aren't going to go look this crap up on their own. But the least I can do is put together a decent presentation. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just don't get that from boys. Well, when so. you look at someone and they have a, a shower curtain, because, uh, you know, shout out to the audience. Kate Coaching pointed this out when it is really no, actually it's Gray Fox. So if you when every time you look at someone's video and they got a shower curtain or some type of, you know, uh, I guess it's a shower curtain that he has in his background as opposed to a green screen. You know, this is for entertainment purposes only mm. and you can't really take it serious. But people look at it and they're like, yeah, this is this is hot stuff. This is hot stuff. But I, but, you know, you look at the background and it's like, OK, this is 2019. This is 2020. Why don't we have why don't we, why aren't we stepping our game up with the production? Yeah. You know, why, why are we still going live from our phone? Nothing wrong with going live from a phone if that's what somebody wants to do. But you got things like XSplit out there, OBS. You got you know, you could give a much more in-depth detailed and more presentable thing to, to show to people to show that you care yeah and a lot of times what i from what i've seen i mean don't get me wrong i think he's really entertaining he has a really good thing going with the white supremacy and going on and on about that like the, the video like you the thumbnail will be talk, you know showing something about finance for example and then the title will be how to get rich like Oprah. I'm like, okay, let me click on this. And then it'll be one sentence about, do you want to know how Oprah got rich? And then the rest of it, we'll talk about white supremacy. Yeah. It's like, that's the old, the old way of doing YouTube where it was clickbait and you know, it's like a gotcha, but I mean, you know, other people like it. And the reason why people like it is because they don't really want to learn how to invest. They don't really want to, get self-improvement what they want are the excuses yep and no, i mean I'm exactly not, right yeah you know i mean boys boys got a good thing you know why why give you a ten dollar cure when i can sell you a one thousand dollar treatment it's funny i was listening to a video from him i want to say it was earlier today or yesterday a voice gets on there what, what did he say he says something about oh he was saying something in the video about how you know, we need to stop complaining about white people and racism and, and the Democrats. And, and then, that's, you know, he spends the next 10 minutes complaining about racism. I'm just like, boys, what the fuck is this, man? Like, <laughs> like you, don't, you don't even realize what you're doing half the time. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, he got but, you with the gotcha. 
Yeah, but he'll, he'll open up that video. Sometimes he'll open up his video. He'll spend 10 minutes ranting. If you, if you love black people, type B1. And, you know, we love black people, black people, black people. He's like, damn, get to the point of the video, boys. And then finally he gets to the topic. And just like you said, it'd be like one or two sentences about Oprah. Then the rest of the topic is complaining about white people. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a gotcha. Man. It's a gotcha. You think you're going to learn how to build a house, but all he wants to talk to you about is Legos. And you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> your your thumbnail has an actual house. Your title says build a house from scratch, but you're wanting to show me Legos. But people people like that stuff. And it's because it goes into that um, that learned helplessness, accepted powerlessness, because it's real easy to point the finger to, to the white man who existed back in 1950. And that's another thing, you know, when it comes to these spaces, there are people who are pointing the finger to an enemy which includes, you know, uh, a government with racist laws and different groups and people that no longer exist. They're pointing to people who no longer exist. Right, just like, so, with, just like yeah, with the, the video you were talking about, where the couple had the, the firearms. You know, you got one video where the video starts off with the uh, the white woman with with the firearm in the black woman's face. You look at the full video. The mom is going to the back of the of the back of the truck. <laughs> Or I think it was the car. Maybe it was a truck. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the back of the vehicle. And then when they back up, she kicked. If you look really, really close, she kicks the, the vehicle and makes it seem like she got hit. Yep. And that's the full version. Now, what I want to see is the version uh, who of uh, the people who recorded it, who weren't involved in the altercation. That's the video that I want to see before I'm ready to go pound the pavement. And then another thing is um, what people don't really understand or don't really ask is, you know, seeing this video that has a narrative to make you emotional, to go make you pound the pavement and do all that with the marching. How come the family of the victims not out there with y'all? Mm. But see, people don't want to ask those questions. They don't want to think with their brain. They just want to immediately see something. OK, let's go out there and start marching with signs. And then like a month or two later, when they get the full story, they just are ready to go to the next flavor of the week or flavor of the month, as opposed to understand that I just been hoodwinked. Mm. Yeah, she so walked. I, I want to address Gray Fox. So, so, so Gray Fox says, "G's white," and this is in reference to my credit score. So, yeah, I do have an eight hundred five credit score, right? It was actually about 10, 15 points higher. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm explaining something to you why I have a high credit score, Gray Fox, and it's not because I'm white or I'm half white or whatever the hell you believe me to be. So, I'm, I'm gonna give you an example of why my credit score is so high. Right. So I'm, I'm going to put this back on the screen. So here, here's part of the reason why my credit score is so high. <clears throat> so I just bought this. Right. This is a, a rogue fitness thing that, I, that I'm installing in my garage so I can basically turn my garage into a gym, uh, a little garage gym. Right. Four ninety five for the base price. Then I got the little what they call the stringers, these, these little parallel bars here. Shipping, all that crap came out to be about seven. So basically, I, I paid seven hundred dollars for all this crap, you know, minus the the barbells. I mean, the uh, the the, uh, the Olympic bar and the weights, right? I put this on my PayPal credit card. I got a PayPal credit card, right? I think I got like a four thousand dollar limit or something on there. So I just put it on. The, I could have paid for this all in cash, but I put it on the credit card. Now, why did I put it on the credit card? I put it on the credit card because, you know, 
it's gonna it's gonna contribute to my credit score because I'm I, I plan on having it paid off probably in about three months, but I'm just gonna go ahead and finance it for three months just so we can build up my credit. And the reason I'm saying this is because this is how this is how I built my credit up. I mean, how, how my credit score is so high. I buy things on credit and pay them off. Yes, I know I'm going to eat a little bit of interest here and there, but I buy stuff and pay my bills. That's how I build my credit score up so high. You can do the same thing. This isn't a black thing. This isn't a white thing. This is a green thing. You, you buy stuff and you pay your bills. That's how you can build your credit score to be as high as mine's Gray Wolf. So I just want to share that little lesson with you. You too can do it. This ain't a white thing. The white man ain't holding my credit score back. And he ain't going to hold yours back unless you don't pay your bills. You can do these things, too. In case you guys didn't know this, you, too, can have an 800-plus credit score. Just want to share that. I'm not trying to flex. But then again, maybe I am, and I don't give a shit. But I'm just trying to tell you, you can do these things as well. Pay your bills. If you buy something on credit, pay your debts. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. That's literally how this works, y'all. Just want to share that. Oh, no, so man. based off his response, will determine what he heard and what he chose to hear. Yeah, they had like credit is like a hard thing to do. It's like no, you if you if you put something on credit, pay the bill. Yeah, they act like you got a magical white man helping you. Yeah, uh, your <laughs> pay the bill. I mean, I've, you're talking to a person who's had messed up credit. I've had messed up credit in my early twenties. I messed my credit up over a cell phone back when I was like. 20 something years old, 20, 19, 20 years old when I was in college. Walking around with a cell phone I ain't had no business with and I ain't had no job. All because I wanted to be cool with my little my little Nokia phone. <laughs> Messed my credit all the way to hell up. But uh I no fixed key. it and I've tried to maintain, I've maintained a, 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 a let me see. I think the lowest my credit score has dropped in the past 10, 15 years, probably like 730. Still no, good. But what? I pay my bills. What year was that? Nokia. Oh, this was back in the late nineties, bro. This was okay. before smartphones. This is before the BlackBerry. Can you see? I, I'm 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 after Tupac. You see? So when you talk about Nokia, I'm like, huh? But I'm just saying, you pay your bills, man. You take stuff out on credit, and look, you can pay for stuff in cash. But even if you pay for everything in cash, that can hurt your credit score too. So because you know, the credit score is built off of you borrowing money from other people and then paying it back. So I take stuff out on credit, but the but the thing about it is, I only buy, with the exception of my house and a car, everything else that I finance is stuff that I can pay for in flat out cash if I wanted to. But sometimes I don't feel like dropping two thousand dollars on a product. I just throw it on my credit card, eat a, eat a, eat about a month or two worth in interest, and then just pay the shit off. Or matter of fact, since I know income tax season is around the corner. I might buy something. I might finance it. And then I know, well, as soon as I get my income tax check, I'll pay it off. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of how I've been able to maintain a high credit score. I just find it, stuff I finance, I pay it off. I don't, I don't let it linger around and start racking up late charges. No, every, every first of the month when I get paid, I pay my bills. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just pay them down. That's, that's all I do. That's, that's that's the formula right there. Pay your bills. Hey, at, at least you don't put your uh your your kids uh run up their credit and shit. Nah, I know plenty of dudes. Nah. I know plenty of dudes that had their mamas 
messed up their credit. Boy, they go to Bank of America, they in the whole seven hundred dollars. Yeah, I used to yeah, be I mean, a, a debt collector for first party and third party collections, and really, it's it's not really rocket science. I mean, if you just you know take out your credit report every every year, the free one. I mean, you could pay for more. You just look for all of your outstanding debt and tackle it one at a time. And then, you know, most people don't understand that if you do have something that's been charged off, uh, you know, it's going to fall off your credit eventually. So really, it's about being responsible and paying stuff on time or early. Uh, or you could, you know, wait till it's due and, you know, pay the interest. It doesn't matter. But it really is just understanding that it's a, it's a process. It's a system. The system was created a long time ago and it hasn't changed. All you got to do is take out your credit report figure out what you owe and when pay your bills instead of going to go spend money on expenses and whatnot. And I mean, you can get to uh, top tier depending on what the credit bureau is for what, what perfect credit is. I mean, yeah, if you want to pay the lowest debt first, that's, that's on whoever wants to do it. But the best way you could, you could really pay everything off if you owe a lot of money is to earn more money. Yeah. That's it's true. really, it's really simple. Earn more money. I mean, if you can't earn more money, I, I use, I employ, I, I use it to this day. I use the uh, Dave Ramsey snowball effect. So I got I keep a spreadsheet, right, of every single bit of debt that I owe to include my house all on a spreadsheet. So every month, I know exactly how much money I owe. And right now, my shit's into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, if you factor in my house, right? <laughs> of course. But, um, and I know exactly how much I earn, how much I owe down to the penny. So every month I go in there, like say it's the first of the month, I go look at all my bills. I write down exactly how much I owe. I put it in a spreadsheet. And then in the next column, I'll write down, okay, what is the, the minimum payment that I gotta, that I gotta submit. And then I'll go to the lowest one and I'll pay that off. So let's just say my lowest debt is a hundred dollars. I paid a hundred dollars off. Fine. When the, when the first of the, the next month rolls around, <coughs> I'll take that hundred dollars and I'll roll it into, I'll add it to the minimum of the next lowest. So let's say the next lowest is is $50 or something like that or, or whatever. Oh, wait. Yeah, whatever. So the next lowest is to say, oh, I got to pay a $50 minimum. Well, instead of me just paying 50, now I'm sending in 150. And I keep snowballing it up until it knocks out the debt. Now, that'll eventually get your stuff cleared out. It'll take a little bit longer. But like my man said, if you can get a job paying more money, pay it off. Or you come into some money, pay your debt off. But if you if none of that happens for you, you can apply the snowball method. And that's how you know I pay my money. But I keep all my stuff on the spreadsheet, man. It says, can I make a stream on the spreadsheet technique? Yeah, I could. I mean, yeah, I'll probably, yeah, I have to make another spreadsheet that doesn't show my real my real numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then I'll yourself. Yeah, then I'll make the spreadsheet. But I mean, it's, it's real simple. You just, I just literally, I keep an Excel spreadsheet and every month when my bills come in or I go look at them online, I write down exactly how much I owe. And then I write down what is the minimum payment. And then I I work my way up. You know what I'm saying? Like, like for me, I owe hundreds of thousands of dollars because I own a house. I bought a house you know, and this is, this is a way for me to track how fast I can pay my house off too. So then if I send in extra money, you know, I, I add that in to because I send in extra money to my mortgage each month. So that helps knock off, you know, at the rate I'm going, I'll probably have my house pay off in 20 years instead of 30, which will save me tens of thousands in interest. 
but I add that into the into the equation too. So so basically, when I look at my spreadsheet each month, I see exactly my total for how much I owe in debt, and then I also have a total for how much I paid out in bills. So I know exactly how much I pay out each month in bills. And my goal is to make sure that the debt number, the total debt number gets lower each month. And also the total that I pay out in bills is to get lower each month as well. Sometimes it'll go up because right now this this $700 purchase on this fitness machine is going to send my, obviously it's going to increase my overall debt by $700. But, you know, eventually it'll get paid off. So do you follow the budget by paycheck method? What is that? I don't even know what that is. What is the budget by paycheck method? Like, do I that's budget a, that's my money? That's a no. That's <laughs> basically it's a no. <laughs> well, I mean, I know exactly how much money I have coming in down to the penny. You know what I'm saying? And so I know exactly. And here's the thing. I pay myself an allowance out of my own money. So it's like I'll get paid. I will take before I pay the bill collectors, I'll take a certain portion of my money and I'll move it into a, a savings account or I move it into a, a money market account or something like that or an investment account. And then after I do that, then I'll go through and be like, okay, how much do I owe in debt and go start cutting checks to pay my debt. And then whatever's left over, I'll be like, okay, I got X amount left. I'm just going to pay myself. I don't know. Let's just say $200 a week is my allowance or $200, whatever. I, you know, I don't know, just some random number. And then I try to work off that. You know what I'm saying? And you, you can apply that with regardless of how much money you make. But the, the, the point is, is being in control of your money, knowing exactly how much money you have and where it's going versus you not knowing. Because when people be like, man, I got paid. I don't know where my money went. No, I know exactly where my money goes. I know exactly where it goes because I write it down. I, I keep it in a spreadsheet. You know what I mean? I could I, I could do the spreadsheet on my phone, but I prefer to do it on my computer so I can see it laid out big and big, and, you know, nice, pretty, pretty, pretty display in front of my face. So that, that's how I'm able to one keep stay on top of my credit and two save money and you know put money away and do other do other things I gotta do. Man, gee. Yeah, you got a super chat. I don't have, know if you read those. Oh, I do. Oh, I didn't even see it. Shout out to Nautilus for the ten dollars. <laughs> great stream. Appreciate that. If y'all want to donate, feel free to hit the donate button. <laughs> Oh, man. I, I appreciate the money management skills that you presented on that one, though. Uh, I, know, I know a dude that's literally $3 million in debt, man. He, he refinances everything when it comes to his house. Yeah, I got people calling me every other day trying to get me to refinance my house. And I'm like, I haven't even been living in this thing a year. I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not, like, like, I'm not like the, the smartest person when it comes to that aspect. But I'm just like, I need to know exactly how much money it's going to cost up front and how much it's going to save me in the long run. Because technically, I probably could get away with it because I'm only a year into the loan. You know what I'm saying? So it probably wouldn't make that big of a difference. But, you know, if I was 10, 15 years into it, I probably have to like, I don't, I don't know if it's going to you know be beneficial for me. But, you know, I, I don't know, man. So I deal with well, them headaches as well, but I'm not. I'm not jumping up to refinance a damn thing right now. Yeah, man, because oh boy, refinances. It seemed like you finance everything, man. He hard money loans. He, he he at least took out three loans, man. That's only why it's it's at that total amount. He's trying to find a ten million dollar property. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, he wants to be able to uh, get uh, a 20, 24 units. So he's pretty much uh, betting big in order to finance, uh, pull it into those assets. But uh, I got other dudes that they're in debt, their credit card debt, 50,000. They, they ran up a check. <laughs> Shout out to Kate Coulter for the five dollars. Look, you you can you can be in debt. It's just a matter of are you operating it? Well, can you can you can you plan? Listen, everybody's going to be in some type of debt because yes, I own a house, but technically you can consider that debt because I owe you know over I, I owe over half a million dollars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but it's just a matter, in my opinion, it's just a matter of can you manage your money to try to pay off this debt and how fast can you pay it off? Cause my goal, even though I have a 30 year loan on the house, I'm not complaining. Cause I know people be like, you shouldn't do that. No, there's pros and cons to that. The pros is I got a 30 year loan. So my mortgage is less than a 15 year loan, but I can also afford to send in extra money, which can help cut my loan down to mm -hmm. a 15 year loan. But if I run into an issue where I can't send in extra money, well, guess what? I can, pocket that extra money and still make the minimum monthly payment, but I can use that extra money to go handle whatever else I need to go handle. You see what I'm saying? That, that's kind of yeah, like that's true. I, that's I, true. I, I do my cars like this. Like people be like, man, I would never get a, a car note with seven years. Nigga, I've most of my car note car loans have been like six, seven years, but I pay them off in like three years because one, I'm trying to get the lowest payment I can. Yes, I know there's gonna be some interest, but I always have sent in double the payments to where I would take a seven year loan or six year loan, however long. I think some of them go as far as eight years now, but I would pay it off in half the time or way, way ahead of schedule. And it's just like, it's, 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 it's almost the equivalent of me taking like a, a 15 year loan on a house versus a 30 year, except my mortgage payment is way less with a 30 year loan. And then if I need the extra money, cause something comes up, well, I can pull that extra money back from the extra payments. Instead of, well, damn, I got to send in this big ass 15 year mortgage payment. I ain't got no choice. I can't miss that damn thing at all. You know what I'm saying? So that's just kind of how I approach it. But you got to be extremely disciplined with it. Meaning if you're going to take out a long loan like that for a car or let's just go with a car. If you go get you a seven year loan on a car and you got like a $200 a month payment. Well, if your goal is to pay it off in three months, you need to be sending in four or $500 a month. You need to stick to that schedule unless something prevents you from doing it. But most people get caught up and they, they don't do that. So that's, that's why they true. end up going the length. Me, I've always like, well, no, I'm going to pay this car off, but I'm doing it because I want the lowest payment just in case I need extra money to do something else. But I'm still going to pay this shit off in three years if I are, you know, two and a half, three years, four years at max or whatever the case may be. You know what I'm okay. saying? Okay. Because with 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 my homie and everything uh two hard money loans a refinance and uh looking down on the numbers he was telling me he'll be able to pay it off or pay the loan back in seven years <clears throat> seven years now uh i think he'll get caught up in the rabbit hole of being uh caught up in a debt cycle where he needs a loan to cover the old loan <laughs> He needs a new loan to cover the old loan so he can be able to uh, have this cycle where he's going to take equity out, 
finance, take equity out again, finance on a, on a bigger uh, property value. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't that's know. That's how you, Donald Trump, that, that's how Donald Trump uh, filled your, bankruptcy. Your friend sounds yeah. like he needs to go seek the, the advice of a, a financial advisor. Yeah, he do. He do. I don't know. If he if he's doing that, it sounds like he has horrible money management skills. I mean, I I, I don't know, but yeah, that's what yeah. it sounds like he needs. <laughs> but my thing is, you know, like I say, listen, I'm not, I'm no, I'm no, obviously I'm not a millionaire. So because if I was, I would I, I would have been I would have been figured this out. But I just I've just learned over the years, uh, you know, well, since I was in college, I need to start being attentive to every penny I got coming in. I need to know where my money's going. And that has allowed me, you know, like I'm not perfect with it. You know what I'm saying? But like I say, somebody said something about the, the budgeting and the spreadsheets. Who was that? That was uh, Jane. That, that's what I do. I mean, I don't I don't really set budgets per se, but I'm a spreadsheet king. Like, listen, I even write down on spreadsheets my pay so I can quickly tap so I can quickly calculate how much I've paid out in taxes. Like I'll write down my net and my gross and I got it all in formulas on a spreadsheet so at the end of the year, I know exactly how much money has been I paid out in taxes each year, like, and I, then I know how much money I've actually taken home after taxes. Like that's what I do with all my stuff, and I know where all my money's going, down to the penny, bro. And so that's just, but you know, you, 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 me personally, I just that's just my strategy for helping me to try to pay off my bills as fast as I can, which has affected my credit score being so high for as long as it's been because I'm on top of it every month on the first is bill paying. I got to, got to knock the bills out first of the month. You know what I'm saying? I don't care if a bill is due do the 17th. I'm paying it on the first. <laughs> At least you're not over leveraged, man. Because uh, here in LA, man, I know too many dudes over leveraged just to ball out and flex. Yeah. But see, I don't, I don't, I don't have to ball out and flex because I'm like, well, for one, I'm married with kids, so I'm in the house well, all the damn time. But. Okay, my bad, my bad. <laughs> I, I, see, I'm, I'm in the 25 year old range. But so. I was doing that back then too. I mean, yeah, I was kind of trying to ball out and flex. But listen, okay, the years I was trying to do my hardest balling out and flexing, where I had the gold teeth, the gold chains. That was where those were, those are some of the years when my credit was hurt, was struggling. Well, I was broke. My credit was hurt and all that crap. It wasn't until after I decided to put all that crap up and stop spending so much money on clothes and shoes and kind of start paying attention to where my money was going. That's when my credit started to creep up a little bit. And then after a while of that, I just kind of figured, well, maybe I don't need to go buy a brand new pair of shoes every two weeks. I got enough shoes. I don't need. Maybe I can. Maybe I can skip a month or two without going to get a brand new pair of shoes. Do I really need some gold teeth in my mouth? No. What's wrong with my damn natural teeth? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even though I do like gold teeth, but and I, you know I didn't need them at the time. But you know what I'm saying? I'm so country with it. <laughs> you just gotta. You just gotta. You, the, the point I'm making is you can you can try you can go you can go broke trying to look like a million bucks, or you can just maneuver through life looking like a regular person. But you might be on your way to stacking up a million bucks liquid or asset or in assets investments or whatever the case may be and i'm like at this point i don't have to walk out of my house looking like the flashiest dude i don't even have to have the best car in my neighborhood you know what i'm saying but mm. all my neighbors know i'm i'm out here I, obviously i can afford to live out here with you niggas <laughs> you know what i'm saying because you see what i'm living in 
we live in the same neighborhood, which means all of us make around the same income for the most part. You might have the nicest car, and you y'all see my 2004 bucket sitting outside. I've been driving since 2004, but it's paid for. You know no, I, mean? I got a quick question though. Yeah, did I mess? Did I mess up getting a condo? Uh, I I I, I don't know, man. It's kind of hard to answer that question because. You know, getting a condo versus renting an apartment versus buying a house, that's really a lifestyle choice. Because, I mean, buying a condo is, is basically the equivalent of buying a, a house or an apartment at the end of the day because you got to pay HOA fees and other stuff. It's just like buying a house, but it's really just a lifestyle choice. Do you foresee, foresee yourself living there for an extended period of time or is it just some type of investment property? It's, wow. it's really hard to answer those questions, man. Well. Can you afford it? Where do you where's your condo yes. located? You know, yeah, Studio City. I mean, Studio I, I City. So that's I've like been about, to, yeah, I've been to L.A. one time my entire life, and that was years oh, ago. So I really okay, so so you don't okay. Uh, that's near the Hollywood Hills area. So like I managed to get it uh, off of just talking directly with the owner, and uh, I, I don't know. I want a family, and I can't do a family in a condo. See, those are all things you got to think about. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's really the, the person that can answer that for you is probably a real estate agent in that area because <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't know the city. I don't know the layout. I don't know the cost of living. I, I've heard of Holly. I've heard of Studio City, but I, last time I was in LA once back in 2004 for like three days. That was the only time I've ever been to LA. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know the area. Um, but, you know, because my next move was either Vegas or Florida. Like I say, it's really, it's really the type of property you buy is really about the type of lifestyle you want to live. Because you buy a house or especially a house, or even a condo to a certain extent, that's a sign that you're probably going to be living there for an extended period of time. You can't just, you're probably not going to be picking up the relocate to a new city anytime soon unless you just got cheese like that. If you rent an apartment or you rent a condo or you rent a house, well, you can kind of come and go as you please. For the most part, you know, depending upon the, you know, obviously the stipulations of the lease, but it's, you know, just like military people, they'll move to a new base and they'll rent a house off base. Why? Because they know in about two, three, four years, they're going to be relocating to another duty station in another state or another country. So why are they buying a house here? You know what I'm saying? So unless they, they're turning into an investment property that somebody else is going to rent, you know what I mean? So it's just really a matter of your lifestyle and, do you plan on being in that spot for an extended period of time and actually living there or turning it to an investment property where you can monitor the property if need be? Or, you know, what, what do you plan on doing? Well, I was thinking about like renting it out. And um... well, if you rent it out, do you want to deal? Are you going to be the landlord chasing people around, making sure they're not damaging your property? Or are you going to hire a property manager? It's, it's other things that go into that. I need, I, need, I need to negotiate with a property manager. Well, about five to six percent. Well, a t property managers typically take about ten percent of the rent. Ugh. I mean, that's just like the standard price from what I've seen, and you know, if, but then you got to factor in what are they, what are they got to do because they're typically the ones they're going to screen the tenants. They're going to be the ones chasing down the rent checks. They're going to be the ones walking through to make sure that the tenants aren't damaging crap, or if they are, they're taking it out of their deposits or. They're going to be the ones reporting to you so you can file the paperwork to take these people to court, blah, 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 blah. I mean, if you don't want to deal with that, then you're going to have to be, you're going to have to be the person. You're going to have to, have to be the actual quote unquote property manager of your own property. But 
you're going to pay somebody else to do that, from what I've seen in the past, it's normally like 10% of what you charge for the rent is what they normally collect. So if your rent is a thousand dollars a month, you know, you're normally kicking them about a hundred dollars a month just to manage your property. Twenty two hundred. So it's probably about, you know, 10% or whatever that is, 220 bucks. But I'm pretty sure that's not the only property they're dealing with. But you got to think about all the stuff that they're dealing with. They're the ones actually interacting with the tenants and screening them and going over their paperwork to make sure that they can afford to live there, yada, yada, yada. All you're doing is, at the end of the day, collecting a check <laughs> off of rent. But yeah, man, like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, your boy, your boy want a family and everything. I'm like, God damn, boy. No, that that's definitely something I want to be able to do within you know, the next five years. That's like a, a sh- I guess five years would be short term. How old are you? 24. Look, so here's, here's this whole thing about this family thing, dude. Don't start a family unless you're actually ready to start a family. And whether that's five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, there is no, for especially for a man, there really is no time limit. You, you don't have a biological clock. You you can you you can you can shoot man juice well into your seventies if 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 need be you know what I'm saying still get chicks pregnant <clears throat> but what I'm saying is don't start a family unless you're actually ready to settle down and be a family man because there there is no there is no part time family man it's either <laughs> you're 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 all the way in as a husband father or you're not that's it there there, there is no I'm I'm here half the time and then half the other half of the time I'm at the club. Now, unless you work at the club or you own the club, that's a different story. But if you just out there club hopping, then you know that's not gonna work. Man. So don't don't start it until you're ready. And my advice to you, I will go out there and live as much life as I can as a single childless man, get all the experiences, go not go go bang all the chicks you can bang, go see all the countries you can see. And go travel all the places you can travel and stack all the money you can possibly stack. Because once the family comes, you ain't gonna be able to do ha- you ain't gonna be able to do a lot of that shit, B. I'm just letting you know. Damn, so I can't do the my, my usual, you know, take a flight and just go to a city and see what's happening. Like no, LA, LA to Vegas. LA to Vegas is my not flight. Unless not unless your pockets is can not unless your pockets can afford to do that. Meaning you got a lot of cheese and you can afford to do those things, but chances you living like Puffy out of these streets. Well, but, I, I ain't super balling, but I, I do. Chances I do. are, I mean, you can hop, you can go do those flights if you want, but I guarantee it's going to cause issues because you're supposed to be a family man. Well, what family man supposed to do? Be at home with their families, nigga. <laughs> that's, that's how this works. <laughs> family men ain't out, ain't out at the club. They they come out. Once every blue moon, like, you know what I'm saying? Like a werewolf. And that's it. Other than that, once it's not a full moon, we back at the house with the wife and kids. That's how it works. Damn. So as I'm saying, don't don't settle down until you're ready. Go get all that shit out your system, man. Go bang all the chicks. Go travel. Go, go, go live. And it's nothing wrong with that. My my youngest brother, well, my younger brother, like I said, they're twins. The older twin, he's 36 years old. He just got married last year. He spent his whole 20s banging chicks all over the place. He's a he's a Kappa. He's in the same fraternity as Kevin Samuels. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually know each other. But he's lived that frat boy life his entire 20s. You know what I'm saying? Pledging, doing all this party, 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 hardy, hardy, all this crap. 
his entire 20s, the first half of his 30s, and now he decided he's ready to settle down. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you, you can do it. It's just, it's just a matter of, you know, once you become a family man, guess what? If you're serious about being a family man, then you have to be at home with the family. <laughs> That's the yes. only way it's going to work. That's fine, Dad. Or if you Dad. go out, you have to go out with the family, meaning you're going on family trips. You're going Damn. to you gotta you gotta schedule stuff for the kids to do now. You gotta buy plane tickets for the kids. You gotta, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you're not going to Vegas just to go to the titty bar. You're probably gonna go to Vegas to go see all the kid friendly stuff out there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's just how this works. Oh you know. shit. And it's funny. I can't. Uh, that's funny. The Vegas to LA situation, or the or the Vegas to Houston, because I don't know. And I live in Vegas, and yeah, I, I see people struggling with their families, trying to come off plane and go to the strip and stuff. It's it's just a lot more to manage as opposed to being by yourself. And you're going to yep. be spending more money because you got to entertain the wife and the kids. You know, you got circus, circus. It's it's there now, but by the time you know, you settle down, it probably won't be there. And it's just not much. You got to kind of do a lot of, a lot more planning, a lot more work It's possible, but just not probable. So like right now, I don't know how many times you come out here to Vegas, but let's say you come like uh, every month, 12 times a year. Well, it's a gotta, weekend. It's, a, it's oh, every, week, weekend. every weekend. Yeah. If you got a family, you're probably going to be coming like once every six months or maybe <laughs> once every three months. Cause it's going to be more money. And then, um, you know, when you're, when it's just you by yourself, all you got to worry about is yourself, your own attitude. You eat when you want to eat. You do do all that. But when you got a family, you got to kind of, you know, eat. You may, you may let your wife pick where you eat. And then, you know, y'all might do a show and you might do one of those 24-7 daycares. But then, you know, do you really trust that place? Yep. It's it's a lot to it's a lot to a lot more to think about. And it's not really going to be fun. And if you're coming out here for business, I mean, it's not going to be fun for that either. You're probably will end up doing business over the phone or, or through the internet, as opposed to physically coming out here to do stuff. And um, as far as like property, as far as like houses for sale, there's always houses for sale out here in Vegas, but there, there's a lot of dynamics to unpack. I don't think it's as bad as LA, but it's definitely a lot more to consider, such as uh, the school system is not as good as LA. So you got that to consider as far as children and then uh, the job market, you know, if, you know, unless your woman's going to be working for your business or, or helping you with it or whatever, uh, the job market, it's we're international, just like L.A. So, you know, you're not really going to see much of a difference with that. But the main thing is just um, really just really figuring out what to do, because in L.A., you still have certain parts of L.A. like Beverly Hills, how. Uh, not not Hollywood. I said Hollywood, but not Hollywood because it's, it's horrible out there. But like Beverly Hills and other parts of L.A. where it's fairly decent, whereas here in Vegas. there It's just like every other town where a side of town determines your your Vegas experience. So like I live in Summerlin. But, you, nice. you know, if you live on the west side. Yes, yeah, Summerlin's nice. Henderson's nice. The west part of Vegas is nice. But then let's say you got a family and you know, you're struggle busting it and you got to live kind of close to the strip. Well, now you gotta, you got a lot more to think about. It's not, it's not so good. Close. The closer you are to the strip, 
which that's like a majority of the stuff to do in Vegas, unless you, you know, you're for exploring. So definitely do your research. And um, yeah, Vegas is cheaper than Cali. However, Cali is, is better school system for the, for the kiddos. Cause you got to think about stuff like that as far as the, the children. That's that's the main because so you're grown, so you're not going to have to worry about dynamics such as you know um, dealing with kids in the neighborhood or kids at school. You know you're not going to. There's a lot of things you're going to have to figure out that you don't have to deal with because you're an adult and you grew up in Cali. So, um, yeah, yeah, I man, I, I agree, I agree. Uh, I, that's why I asked, man, because there's a lot of shit that I'm gonna have to cut off. Uh, I'm gonna have to change my number as well when, when I do decide to get married. I mean, yeah, you got, you got you got a lot of things, bro. But listen, you know, like I say, the biggest thing to remember is this, man. When you're ready to settle down and be a family man, that's it, bro. That's where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be at home with the wife and kids. <laughs> that's that's where you're supposed to spend 99 percent of your time outside of work is with the wife and kids. Especially if you want that to work out. That's how it goes, B. This is the reality of it. So I say, while you're still young. No wife, no kids. Go out there and ball out till you fall out. Sleep with all the chicks. See all the places you can sleep. See, because you become a family man, husband, father, that stuff comes to an immediate halt, my nigga. It's all about the wife and the kids at that point. <laughs> That's it. Everything you do is, is you know, assuming that you want to give them a good quality of life is all about your money is being pumped into them. Most of your cheese to make sure that they chilling so that, you know, your wife can go in there and make you a, 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 a tasty meal every goddamn night. Instead of, you know what I'm saying? But <clears throat> that's how that's how this goes, B. <laughs> anyway, fellas, it's three hours. I'm about to shut this thing down. I mean, it's three hours don't flew by. I, I can see why people God be damn, on YouTube for eight, eight hours a day. Yeah. Time be flying when you just chatting. Yeah, but uh, hey, y'all sure. go ahead and shout y'all channels out, man. Uh, I'm Real Deal Financial at Real Deal Financial. You can literally find me like that on YouTube. Uh, I have live streams of comes of business, e-commerce, and I also do consultations as well. Uh, thank you, Mr. Uh, Mr. G. Yep. <laughs> Salute to you, Screen. I'm out of here. All right. Yeah, I'm a screen learning channel. Sometimes we talk about investment, wealth creation. Other times we talk about fuckery. It just depends. But uh, yeah, everybody check me out. Thank you, G. Dilza, for having me on. I I'll, I'll come back soon. All right, Brother Beezer, man. All right, y'all. Appreciate that. Thanks to everybody who threw something into the uh, digital panhandling bucket known as the Super Chat. Appreciate that. Like I say, man, the goal is I'm probably going to be doing these once a week, trying to get away from the live streaming every single day because, honestly, the live streaming is 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 uh, taking away too much time from the other stuff I got to do, especially with my other channel because I'm falling behind on that with the content. As a matter of fact, I was supposed to be finishing up content for a video, but now I got to push it to push it back till tomorrow. But uh, other than that, man, y'all be easy and be safe. And I'll holler at y'all later. So peace. <laughs>